As the US will not be dragged into another war, he says he will act to prevent genocide after tens of thousands of Christians and other minority groups were forced to flee from Islamic State fighters, formerly known as ISIS. The president said the US had already organised airdrops of food and drink. When we face a situation like we do on that mountain, with innocent people facing the prospect of violence on a horrific scale, when we have a mandate to help, in this case a request from the Iraqi government, And when we have the unique capabilities to help avert a massacre, then I believe the United States of America cannot turn a blind eye. Council workers will continue dredging fly-tip rubbish from Stoke Brook in Aylesbury this morning. The District Council says it wants the waterway clear in case Tropical Storm Bertha hits Britain. The same section flooded during heavy rain in January. BBC weatherman John Hammond says the storm is predicted for Sunday. The most likely scenario is that it'll move its way into the more southern and eastern parts of the UK, carrying a lot of heavy rain, flooding rains potentially, and some unseasonably strong winds. The Israeli military says two rockets from Gaza have hit southern Israel just hours before a ceasefire was due to expire. They've accused Hamas of breaking the truce. The Liberal Democrats want to end the threat of prison for anyone caught with illegal drugs for personal use. The Lib Dem leader Nick Clegg denied the party was going soft on drugs but said jail was not an effective solution. All you end up doing is turning their offence of having those drugs in their personal possession, you turn them into hardened criminals. They actually end up often hooked on harder drugs later. And of course the only people who benefit are the criminal gangs, the Mr Bigs, the really nasty people who've got them hooked on drugs in the first place. They're the people who need to be behind bars. In sport, Lee Westwood and Rory McIlroy are among the pace setters after the first round of the US PGA, the final major of the season. Westwood is joint leader after a six under par 65, with McIlroy just one shot behind after a 66. The weather wet this morning with heavy showers or more persistent rain. The showers will continue this afternoon with some brighter spells. Feeling cooler, maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Good wide age range of people. It's up and coming, it's up and coming. There's lots of new developments going on. It's all about where you live. Luckily there's a train station right on your doorstep so you can get into London quite quickly. And all this week we're featuring Amptill and Flitic. It's um, got a lot of things going for it. There's lots of positive things. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh man, it's Friday. Yeah. Morning, Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I hate to be the um, bringer of bad news, the bearer of bad tidings, the messenger. But it's really dark out still. Like two weeks ago, it was it was bright sunshine at this time of the day. Now it's dark. It's all downhill from here, guys. It's nearly Christmas! Sweet as a nut! A big Christmas nut. Why do we eat nuts at Christmas? I hate nuts. I hate nuts! I mean, I don't hate them. I'm not one of those people where my neck swells up, but... Just every year, big... Let's talk about that nearer Christmas, It's still August. Coming up on the show this morning, fines for parents who take their children out of school during term time rocket. Rocket? How well do you know your neighbours? Oh, do you remember the other day we spoke to um, 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 a fruitcake who was growing spiders in his bin? No, hang on, let me rephrase that. Remember the other day we spoke to a gentleman who had white widows in his bin? Dealey is going there. He's going to get his hands on that man's white widow. 
459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's a thing. Here's a thing. Due to um, 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 tensions here at BBC Three Counties Radio, perhaps we're not quite as prepared for the show as we would like to be. We haven't got anything to put on the Facebook page. We could have put ki- taking your kid out of school, but uh, knowing your neighbours, uh, spite. So, could you um, give us a call and let us know what we should be putting on the Facebook page today, please? Oh eight, it's not because we're lazy. She's been fighting. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. He's an odd-looking fellow, isn't he? Isn't he? Pop stars in the 70s, let's be honest, were weird. 
Now, since the rules about taking your child out of school during term time changed in September, the number of fines issued to parents across the three counties has more than doubled. In Bedfordshire, the number of fines being issued are amongst the highest in the country. Across the country, BBC research shows almost 64,000 fines have been handed out. That's an increase of 70%. Well, Paul Scoynes joins me to break down the research. Paul, what's going on? Well, Ian, this came into force in September. The uh, then uh, Education Secretary Michael Gove introduced these new rulings that uh, head teachers could no longer grant these sort of special days of absence that uh, a family could take in, quote, special circumstances. So effectively that meant that really it would become pretty much uh, compulsory for head teachers to fine any parent who decided to take their child out of school for any reason uh, other than I suppose a, a funeral or something like that. But and uh, and the 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 purpose of this really was to stop uh, parents taking their children away on holiday. Now in beds hearts and bucks alone over well, nearly three and a half thousand fines were issued this year, which is double that of last year. And of those, um, over two and a half thousand of those fines were in Bedfordshire, the vast majority of those being in Luton. Um, Bedford Borough Council indeed saw a tenfold increase in the number of fines that it was issuing. Now, some of these fines would have been for truancy, some of these fines would have been for um, sort of poor attendance as well, but most of them, we understand, were for children who were taking holiday during term time. Uh, and, you know, it's a vast survey, really. We've got about 80% of, of councils responding. Are these numbers of parents or numbers of fines? Well, these are the number of fines issued to parents, not the number of parents' fines. So there may have been some parents who were fined more than once. Um, and we've also only had fines issued uh, in some instances for holidays, so it doesn't necessarily take into account truancy in all cases. But, you know, it's a highly controversial subject. Lots of uh, parents have been objecting to this. Uh, indeed, there have been petitions started uh, opposing this sort of term-time holiday ban, and we'll hear uh, from somebody who started one of those petitions later on uh, in the programme. Now, some councils, before the uh, rules were introduced last year, said they didn't fine anybody at all. So we had councils like Buckinghamshire County Council, who uh, had issued no fines, who've gone up to about 134 signs uh, fines this year uh, other councils say that actually this system has had a positive impact it's meant that attendance figures have improved uh, as they've issued more fines and, and some have gone up quite considerably in Luton uh, the, the figure is around 61% uh, year on year what have parents uh, in Luton said well, um, we've spoken to some uh, in Luton and, and many of them said actually that they would continue to still take their children out of school if indeed it meant that uh, they were paying less money uh, on the holiday and would take the hit on the fine. These uh, uh, people spoke to Sophie Solaria in Luton yesterday. We're talking today about taking children out of school and getting fined for it. Would you ever do that? Yes, I already have. What's your situation? Um, it was £1,000 cheaper, so I just took my children out and paid the £120 fine. For two kids, you had to pay £120 to take them on holiday? Yes, £60 each. What did the head teacher say whenever you did that? Did you ask his permission? Yes, I did, and she sent a letter back to say, no, we're not allowed. I just thought, I'm going to do it anyway. We took them to the pyramids and, you know, they, the history and things, so they did learn a bit, but they did have a lot of fun in the pool as well. <laughs> How old are they? Um, ten and six. Do you think it will affect their education after taking them out of school for that week? Not at all, no, no. It weren't even a week, it was four days. Would you do it again? Mm, yeah. I'd rather pay £120 than £1,000 extra on top of my holiday, so... Um, every year I've taken them out, but I haven't faced a fine as of yet. 
Why do you make that decision to take your children out of school? Um, at the moment, because they're young and there's no exams or, or anything that I feel will go against them, I think it is fundamental that they have quality time with the family. Due to the work that me and my husband are both in, we can't get time off in August. I work for a holiday company, it's our busiest time of year, so I can't take the time off when they're off, so we choose to go away end of September every single year. If you get fined for it, would you stop doing it? No, no, because the fine that I get fined is so much less than what the difference in the holiday price would be. OK, well, you can give us a call about that. Oh, wait, you're still here. Yeah, I'm we done. Finished? We finished? Yeah, no, I'm done. We finished? Yep, yeah, done. Thank you. <laughs> All right, mate, thank you. Oh, wait, for... Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call on that. Here's something, right? And I've said this before. Yeah, you should be allowed to take your kids out of school. Of course you should be allowed to take your kids out of school. They're your kids. And going on holiday is far more productive than sitting in a classroom, reading some books and learning about um, um, Tiny Tim's Winkle bends greatly every cold year. I don't remember what that means. It's something to do with the agricultural revolution. All I know about the agricultural revolution is crop rotation and Tiny Tim's Winkle bends greatly every cold year. Tull something Townsend. No, Tull Towns... I I don't know. Of course you should be able to take your kids out of school. And here's something, here's something. He mentions truancy in here. No, I will get told off for this. I couldn't give a monkeys. My one regret, one of my many, many regrets uh, at school is I didn't bunk off more. I wished, I wish... Ellis, you're nodding. Yeah, me too. And then scooting over to your microphone. Yeah, me too. I wish... Did you you ever bunk off of school? No, I was rubbish. I was such a goody two-shoes at school and uni. Should have taken more time to Oh, at uni, I was... I I very rarely went in and I got a 2-1. I... I went in most of the time. Yeah. I was such a such a mug. School, I went in all the time. I never bunk. Yes, sometimes I went in very very drunk. That's fi- twice I did, and that was fine. And uh, uh, this is not the official BBC line. Of course, it's not you suckers. And people will still phone in and complain. I wish I'd bunked off school more. And if you're a young person listening, honestly, you miss a day, you miss a couple of days. There is no permanent record, guys. There is no permanent record. What you do when you're 14 does not affect you when you're 41. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hartford, Old Cross is closed in both directions as of 6.30 last night due to emergency repairs. That's just between Hartham Lane and St Andrews Street. Also, a few roadworks in place this morning that may affect traffic as the morning goes on. On the M1 in both directions, still have those major roadworks in place between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. And on the M40 in both directions as well, still have one lane closed around Junction 5 for Stoken Church due to bridge maintenance work. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Emma, thank you very much. Right, it's 6.16. It's Friday the 8th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in term time. BBC research shows over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford, over seven times as many in Milton Keynes. President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq, but says the US will not be dragged into another war. And council workers will continue dredging Stokebrook and Aylesbury this morning in case tropical storm Bertha hits Britain. BBC Three Counties Radio. (laughs) 
every weekday from three. Spend your afternoons talking about beds, hearts and bucks. It's an amazing venue. If you haven't been to Amstel Park, get along. It's absolutely beautiful. Discussing the biggest stories. In terms of our people, we've invested £5 million to recruit new nurses. In the company of friends. Howard Berry and Brown, Amanda Devlin. Amanda, what have you been watching this week? I went to the Happy Days. And debating the week's hottest topics. The biggest problem is, is actually lack of money, lack of opportunities, poor availability of training. The use of CCTV spy cars to catch people who park illegally is to be banned. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from 3. BBC Three Counties Radio. Productions let me down this morning. So, what should we put on the Facebook page uh, this morning? We've got no idea what to put on there. It's a little bit blank, and it's a nice kind of way of interacting with you guys. So, uh, yeah, I know this is kind of um, uh, confusing, but could you give us a call and tell us what you think we should put on the Facebook page this morning, please? 08459 455 555. What? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. What on earth should we have on the Facebook page this morning? Please. Goodness sakes. Children behave. That's what they say when we're together. And watch how you play. They don't understand, and so we're running just as fast as we can. What else did he write? What other song? What other song? What other song? Ellis, what other famous song did Tommy James write? You won't know, Scoins. Ellis, what other famous song did Tommy James write? Why would I know if Scoins doesn't know? Because he's an idiot. Um, uh, just give us... Uh, name a famous song. Oh, man. We Will Rock You. <laughs> no! <laughs> Do it properly. Famous song. Great bands, by the way. Famous song. He wrote a famous song. Um... That's kind of vague. Um, okay, so it's not We Will Rock You. You wrote a famous song, big hit in the 80s, as, as was that. Um, Scoins won't know it. You'll know it. Come on, think. Famous song. This is... Um, really famous... 
I, of course I know it. No, Scoins. Scoins doesn't know it. He's not even paying attention to me. He doesn't even know music. Scoins. Famous song. What do you know what it is? Help, help me out, help, help me out. Ellis, just, just name... Just oh, name a f- I named one. Um, OK. Um, Famous song from the 80s. He wrote it. Um, Come on. Um, I can't even think of a single song right now. You can't think of any song. The 80s had so many hits. They were really popular. The 80s were so popular. Um, <laughs> the 80s. The 80s were so popular. Scoins won't know it. Scoins, you know it. He's got a computer up. I've been distracted. Hanky panky. <laughs> Not now, mate. I'm doing a radio show. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. So you don't know it, do you? I don't know. So who is that? What? Billy Idol. What? Oh, it's Moni Moni by Billy Idols. Mm. Now, we've got more ways of communicating with each other ever be- than ever before. Let's go through them, shall we? The telephone, the um, letter, the electronic mail, the email, the text, the WhatsApp... The Twitter, the Facebook, um, and that's about it. But more and more people are becoming increasingly isolated and lonely. A national campaign to encourage people to get to know their older neighbours launches today. But does loneliness only affect the elderly in society? I can give the answer to that question, no. Zainab Rashid works at uh, Milton Keynes Christian Foundation and helped launch a campaign to get people together at Christmas. Morning, Zainab. Morning. Is this campaign necessary? Um, we felt so. Uh, a couple of years ago, uh, we were at Morbison and it became more and more um, prominent that basically people were alone at Christmas time. People kept coming in to Christian Foundation to ask what, what we were doing for Christmas, if there was anything going on. So uh, a group of us that used to work there decided to put a Christmas Day thing together where we actually invited people from the Wolverton community and surrounding areas uh, to get them all together to have a bit of a party, basically, on Christmas Day and make sure people weren't feeling too alone. And what kind of people were you getting turning up? Um, we had a range. We've got homeless people coming in, people that are um, struggling for food that day, also the elderly, uh, grandparents that are looking after children or, you know, their daughters and nieces and nephews aren't in the picture anymore and they were feeling quite alone. Also, uh, the Christian Foundation works with young people who are not in employment educational training from disadvantaged backgrounds. And a lot of our students actually came one year because they had nowhere else to go and were feeling oh. quite alone that day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I guess that, that, that loneliness is a problem not just at Christmas, of course, although perhaps that's when we, we notice it more, but yeah. throughout the year. Yeah, of course, yeah. But it's hard to know... Christmas is such a good excuse to kind of tackle loneliness and and that sort of thing that it it seems like that's when people are more about talking about it and actually dealing with it as a problem whereas all all around the year people know it exists 
but I think people are a bit stuck on what the, to the do. The thing is, part of this campaign that's going on is about, you know, a, that whole old line of you go and knock on an, on an old neighbour's door and see how they're... Fa- quite often, old neighbours don't want you knocking on their door. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm never quite sure how you... Spe- if, if I go and knock on an old neighbour's... Just checking to see if you're right. It does sound a little bit patronising, doesn't it? Yes, of course, yeah. And, and we get that on Christmas Day. Um, I mean, we've only ever had uh, between 60 and 80 people turn up. A lot of people saying, oh, yeah, I really want to come, and then they don't. I think they do find it a bit scary and patronising. And like you said, it is hard to break those barriers down. And you can tell it is really difficult on the day. And also, loneliness is a concept. You, you, you can be, you know, you can uh, be sat on your own, on your home, and be perfectly content. Or you could be in a room with 100 people and still be incredibly lonely, can't you? It's, it's kind of, yeah. it's a mindset, isn't it? Yeah, of course, yeah, it is. Are you doing it again this year, Zainab? Yeah, we're hoping to. We're going to start the ball rolling uh, this month to try and get more advertised and get more people on board and uh, so that more people know about it and feel a bit more comfortable to come. So, yeah. OK, Zab, well, make sure you keep in touch and uh, we should certainly give it a plug when it happens.
princess. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Wait up. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Respect. There's no more funny. Shaka like a boom boom. Having a gecko on your head for me is just wrong. I'm now in the urinal section. Dad pop. Where did that idea come from? Um, it came from my, my brain. Boom, 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 boom. Tough mate. No man. Miss. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Hartford, Old Cross is closed in both directions between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to emergency repairs. That's as of 6.30 last night. Also, a few roadworks in place that may change the roads as the morning goes on. In High Wycombe, the A40 Oxford Road has a lane closed in both directions, just at Temple Street due to roadworks there. And also in Beaconsfield, the A40 Wycombe End, temporary traffic lights in place there, just near Aylesbury End. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across Bay. Hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 6.30, I'm Simon Oxley. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in term time. BBC Research shows over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford, over seven times as many in Milton Keynes. President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq, but says the US will not be dragged into another war. And council workers will continue dredging Stoke Brook in Aylesbury this morning in case Tropical Storm Bertha hits Britain this weekend. The same sector flooded during heavy rain in January. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lee Westwood and Rory McIlroy are among the pace setters after the first round of the US PGA, the final major of the season. Westwood is joint leader after a six under par 65, with McIlroy just one shot behind after a 66. You can't win it on the first day, obviously, but you can put yourself out of it, and a 66 definitely has not put me out of it. And if you look at my major wins in the past, I've, I've started well in all of them, so I think it's important for me to start well this week and you know just have to keep it going tomorrow. The new football season kicks off tomorrow. Luton start a new football league season for the first time since 2008 with John Still's side making the long trip to Carlisle. Luke Guttridge is fit but Alex Lawless is a doubt. Also in League 2, Wickham go to Newport and Stevenage could field several new signings at home to Hartlepool. Former captain Ronnie Henry has returned from Luton but manager Graham Wesley says he may rotate the captaincy. No, I don't even know who wear the armband at the weekend. It's been handed around you in the course of pre-season and all the lads who've skippered the side have done very well. I think the league will naturally evolve but you know if the players prefer to share the armband then you know maybe we do it that way it's um yeah it's not it's no big deal in the championship Watford start at home to Bolton new midfield loan signing Keith Andrews can't play against his parent club but manager Beppe Sonino knows other new signings means his squad is under pressure to do well I am always uh, under pressure but, but this, this is uh, my work my job pressure alone uh, it's only I am on my, only, 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 only myself 
And in League One, on loan Arsenal striker Benneke Phobie and defender Carl McFadzine are set to make their MK Dons debuts at home to Gillingham. And there's commentary on Watford, MK Dons, Luton and Stevenage in Three Counties Sport, which returns tomorrow at two. And England's cricketers resume on 113 for three this morning on day two of the fourth test at Old Trafford. They bowled India out yesterday for 152. BBC Three Counties News and Sports, the next full bulletin is at seven. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. I'll be doing the uh, newspapers with uh, Ellis this morning in a little bit. Uh, But before that, Ian's in Milton Keynes. Morning, Ian. Hello, Ian. How are you doing? I'm all right. It always freaks me out talking to someone with with the same name as me. But you spell it the wrong way. Whoa, dude, I spell it the proper way. Nah, nah, you spell it the wrong way. All Listen. right, all right, I-A-N, boring Ian, yes? Listen, um, how about if you did an all-request Friday hour? Sorry? Or an all-request hour on a Friday where we come up and ask for a song, a tune, and then you play it instead of the rubbish you hear me play? Uh, do you know what? My instant reaction is to poo-poo that idea, but I'm going beyond the instant reaction. That's not a bad idea. I think it'd be great. And then you get all the youngsters right. ringing up and saying, you know, right. asking for their tunes. All right, right, OK, listen, should we, should we try it for the last half hour of the show? Try it today and see how it does. Right, I've got, the, I've got, the, I've got the music computer in front of me. What song do you okay. want? Uh, you've got any, um, have you got any ELO? ELO, hang on a second. Yeah, what do you fancy? Uh, um, that one about the sky blue heaven, because I'm a... Mr Blue Sky? Mr Blue Sky. How could you not know the name to Mr Blue Sky? Yeah, I, I know it because of football, that's how I know. OK, Mr happened. Blue Sky, we've got that. Right, do you want to introduce it, Ian? OK, brilliant, this is Mr Blue Sky by ELO. I told you about strawberry peas. Not a chance. You know the place where nothing is real.
Uranus out of the picture. Just say it explodes. Gosh, how unpleasant. Uh, it's nice to see you for the papers. Thank you very much indeed. You all right, Paul? <laughs> uh, let's go to Jeffrey's on the line. Morning, Jeffrey. Morning. Can I suggest two songs for um, on the theme of uh, education, the relevance of education, and whether we're being well educated by the state educational service? Not today, Jeffrey. <laughs> Ellis. <laughs> Oh, man. What have you found in the papers? Anything? I know we've uh, kind of thrown you in. What have you got? Um, well, I think I picked this paper up, and it is The Guardian, and someone has folded down a page for me. I'm assuming scoins. I'm not sure. Um, but I think I'm probably meant to talk about the Daleks. But instead, there's a bit about Dumbledore. You talk about whatever you want to talk about, my love, because you're bringing life, verve, youthful uh, vitality oh, and uh, lightness. A light, you've got a light touch. To, with the papers. With the papers, of course. I mean, anything inappropriate. All right, love. <laughs> All right. I'm reading, I'm reading, a, a, um, uh, and I say this not flip, I'm reading a book about Jimmy Savile. And so I am seeing, I mean, it's just the most horrific book. Dan Davis wrote it. We spoke to him a year ago. I'm, I'm seeing innuendo and filth everywhere. It really is. It, it's such an incredible book. I couldn't re- recommend it highly enough. Anyway, Dumbledore, that's um, the, that um, kid's book, isn't it, that adults read? Yep, yeah, it sure is. Um, so, J.K. Rowling has written to a teenager who found strength in the words of a Harry Potter film Yo. after her entire family was shot dead. Oh, blimey. Yeah. Cassidy, from Texas, survived the attack by playing dead, but what? her mother, father, two younger sisters and two younger brothers were all murdered by the gunman. Well, getting a... God, blimey. Yeah. Whoa, this is a bit heavier than yeah, I was expecting. I know, I know. You should have uh, maybe read that. Whoa. Don't worry. But th- fair play, a letter <laughs> from J.K. Rowling would certainly make everything all right in that instance, wouldn't it? Well, and then it says there's an online campaign campaign led to Rowling. What? Yeah. yeah. Are you sure you want to read this oh, sentence? trying to get J.K. Rowling to write to her oh. in the voice of Dumbledore. What? And... Yeah, I tell you, what, I'll do a story. Um, yeah, I'll do a. St- this is really. I will do a story, <laughs> and you read the next story. You I'll read the to. next one. Here's I just something. saw the word Dumbledore. Right, just, just button it, love. You've, 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 well, I can get us out of this. So here's a story. We all like looking at stuff on on the internet, don't we? We all like the internet. We can see anything we want on the internet. We can see fun things. We can see not so fun things. Well, Boobop Scrounger. <laughs> You know the Boobop Oh, I know Boobop Scrounger, yeah. You know Boobop Scrounger, Josie Cunningham, who I suspect is uh, damaged goods, is slightly troubled, and uh, but, but fair play to the sun, they keep exploiting her. <laughs> She's the gift that keeps on giving. Boobop Scrounger, Josie Cunningham, is ca- cashing in again by watching, offering tickets to watch her birth, I'm assuming it means the birth of her child, live on Skype. <clears throat> now, how much would you pay for that? I wouldn't want to see that. Scoins, how much would you pay for that? Quickly. To be fair, I watch One Born Every Minute, though. I, I probably... I, I don't know. £200. Wow. But why would you want to watch it? Well, because you're going to see a bit... You. Um, <clears throat> oh. <laughs> well, because it, it, she's a celebrity. The single mum of two expecting her third child after a stint as a £1,000 a night hooker is already pocketing £30,000... Selling four bedside seats and the delivery! She's selling... Here comes the gag, guys. She's selling ringside seats. Hmm? 
Guys, <laughs> come on. She's selling rings. That's actually genius. But That's I thought a... you weren't allowed people in the room other than one person. Oh, Surely uh, they're not going to start me? allowing an audience. You can have as many. I had to fight to get my mother-in-law out of there. <laughs> I did. The mother-in-law turned up, and the nurse came. Um, you're, you're the uh, uh, the mother-in-law is. is it, would, you, would you like it? No, get her out. I don't want her in. <laughs> Goodness sakes. Ringside seats. Now she hopes to bag ten thousand pounds more by selling fifty tickets, so fans can watch it via video link. I think two hundred pounds. This is her talking now. I think two hundred pounds to see such a magical experience is a bargain. I'm annoyed at how cheap I sold the first four tickets. <laughs> Fantastic. You've got, now, listen, right? We are coming out of a recession, OK? You, I genuinely think you've got to respect her for that. You have to respect her for doing that. All these fat, lazy slobs on their backsides who are getting um, paid housing benefit uh, so that they can go and buy KFC family buckets... In a, what, driving there in their mobility scooters, supplied for by muggins. I think respect to her. She's she's um, she's doing a good job. Well done, her. Ellis, what have you got? Um, okay. Uh, Could you type ever so just a little bit quieter, please? Just maybe close mic. Well, just maybe qu- type quieter, mate. I've just sent you a uh, story for the papers paper review. Well, b- you're not doing the paper review. No, no. It's and probably too as, serious. As a result, no. Actually, Ellis, it's quite funny. Well, <laughs> well, uh, it's actually okay. Quite funny. Um, you have to describe the the, the picture, mate. It's not that funny, mate. It's quite <clears> funny. It's I want to hear. Okay, so it's a before and after Telegraph front page. Is the before Telegraph front page says toddlers at risk from extremists. Uh, the after Telegraph front page says nurseries at risk from expe- extremists. I don't get it. And do you know why they've changed the front page, Ian? No, mate, I don't. What's, what's the picture beneath it? Oh, goodness sakes, Paul. It's a picture of um, the prince and the woman with the baby. With their toddler. Thank you so much for that. Ellis, what have you got? I've got lesbian teachers sex... Right! Right! He's unplugged his microphone. Right! Whoa! Read the headline and then then maybe ask yourself, is it appropriate? Oh, I'm not... I I think it's a good story. Let's hear it then, okay. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Go on. The, 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 the Titanic has sunk, guys, and I'm stood. I'm. Um, There's an article about beards. I the actor, Stuart, not Stuart Copeland. Who's the actor from um, the. Um, not, it's not about the Titanic. It's. Well, it is about the. What's the actor? Someone help me! What, on the Titanic? I'm floundering here, Leonardo guys. Leonardo DiCaprio. No, not that one. He's, he had a big, thick um, jumper on it. He was in the film about the car as well. 0845... <laughs> this is awful. 08459 455 555. He was in a film about a car. Um, oh... And then he was in a film about a boat sinking. Uh, the, the night they served. Until t- one night... Oh! Anyway, I'm him, stood on an upside-down boat at the moment. Ellis, what have you got? I've got a really good one now. I mean, that one is good, but it's not... I'm going to go to this one first. Yeah. Equal pay is 60 years away. Isn't that insane? For what? For men and women. Right. Who does Labor worse? Labour of... <laughs> Who does worse? Women. And? I know what. Why don't you stop having babies? <laughs> Why? No, seriously. My friend got asked that in an interview the other week. Yeah. If she was going to have children. They're not allowed to ask that. And I, I know. They're not allowed to ask that. Okay, and I genuinely think 
that that is wrong. I think you should be allowed to ask that. But then if you, you can't... You know, you can't. Ha- a man wouldn't be asked, "Are you going to have a kid soon?" And yeah, because a man isn't going to take a man isn't going to take a year off work. But their priorities would change. If I right, okay, I'm a small business. Yeah, I employ three people. Okay, um, and I want to employ a fourth person. Things are going really, really well, so I'm going to employ a fourth person. Okay, we make um, uh, we make um, uh, 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 we make you know knobs. We're knob makers. <laughs> uh, Is that why you're the boss? It's going really well. I want to employ a fourth person. And you come in as a lady, right? Uh, right, Scoins comes in as a man. Right, you want a job uh, working with my knobs? <laughs> oh, please, Ellis. I'm trying to prove a point here. Yeah, I'm a qualified carpenter. They're made out of plastic. Well, then... It's like Scoins' dream job. job no, you're both equally qualified for the okay, job, right. right? But I notice that you're a lady. You have a womb, right? I'm assuming... OK, so we're in the job interview. I'm assuming your womb is fully functional. Sure. At any point, do you think you'll be having children? I'm not sure. Okay, I'll tell you why I'm asking that, because if you go off and have kids, I have to... Yeah, I get a bit of money from the government, but I have to still pay for you. You could be out of work for a year. What am I supposed to do? You've got the job, sir. Wow, that's wrong on so many levels. But it's Thank right. you, Scoins. No, Thank but you, it's... Scoins. I don't understand this. Why is it wrong? Because well, it's not... It's not, like, an option. It's not... It's as if... Because if you say, I don't even know, how can that be held against you? What if you find out you have some horrible medical condition and you didn't get a job? Well, then, you know, really, you're having a real run of bad luck. It's not my problem. news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Borehamwood, the Barnet Bypass going southbound is looking heavy between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And in Hartford, Old Cross is closed in both directions as of 6.30 last night between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to emergency repairs that are taking place there. And in Beaconsfield on the A40 London Road in both directions, just through Beaconsfield Old Town between Park Lane and Windsor End, there is resurfacing work taking place. So do expect some delays there later on this morning. Emma Jones, BBC Three counties radio thank you very much 6.47, it's Friday the 8th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in turn time. BBC Research shows over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford, over seven times as many in Milton Keynes. President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq, but says the US will not be dragged into another war. And council workers will continue dredging Stoke Brook in Aylesbury this morning in case Tropical storm Bertha hits Britain. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, it's a mystery. Who's it going to be? Let's find out who's doing... Who's there today doing the weather? Hello, it's Sarah Thornton. Hello, Sarah Thornton. Hi, dude. Hey, dude. My favourite of all the weather people. Do you know? You, I know you say that to whoever it is. Oh no, the other, we, I, we talk. Do you think we don't talk to each other? Oh blimey! I've been caught hey. out. Let's have the weather then. <laughs> okay, we're looking at some quite wet and windy weather in the next couple of days. Uh, certainly, I know you'll be aware of the headlines uh, talking about what was formerly a hurricane. We'll get to that in just a minute. That's for Sunday. At the moment, what we're starting with is some dry weather, but expecting to see some sharp showers developing as we go through the day today, and that could cause us some issues. Uh, slow moving thundery showers through the day the Met Office has issued weather warnings for some unsettled weather today I expect those showers to develop through the afternoon uh, some 
hail mixed in too and some torrential downpours at times. Between them a high of 20 Celsius. Tomorrow bright and breezy across all three counties. A good day actually. Good spells of sunshine and highs in the low 20s Celsius. But it's Sunday that we're looking at. What was formerly a hurricane and is now going to be an area of low pressure as it moves in with some wet and windy weather is tracking towards the UK on Sunday. The exact track of this and the exact timing are still a little bit uncertain. The computer model's not completely agreeing on that. But I think catered for a period of wet and windy weather as we go through the day on Sunday. But also, uh, it looks like it'll clear away, giving us some brighter interludes by the end of the day. And Monday, pretty showery. Uh, still staying unsettled, Ian, then. Thank you very much. Nick Coffer on BBC Three what Counties jam? Radio. If you know the difference between your silly point, your... Couldn't care less, where's the jam? Slip. Caught behind second ball. Is there jam? For a ball he really shouldn't have been playing at. Then this afternoon is going to be right up your street. Is it jammy? Coffer. I'm going to be live from Amtil Cricket Club as they take on the Lashings World Eleven. Do they have jam? Jam. You'll hear from cricketing legends such as Philip Defratus, oh, yeah. Corey Collymore, uh-huh. Chris Schofield, Sackley Mushtak, Devon Malcolm. Is there jam? Plus, as part of our big tour of beds, jam bucks, I'll be finding out about some locally made jam yes, and delving jam. into the history of Flittick and Amtil. Nick Coffer. Live from Amtil Cricket Club, today from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. We'll have BBC introducing track. It's a good one. In case you're, you're oh. I just say, you, just to say, it's a good one. I can see the story you're pointing at. This is a serious story. I know I mean, you're pointing at the people being transported in mean, Ebola. I don't mean positive story. I mean interesting and current event story. If it's the one that's beneath it, I think that's probably better. <laughs> if I'm honest, I think that's I think that's better, but that's more important. Okay, it? let's okay well, let's 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 talk about important issues. Ian, Ian by the way, how's uh, this uh, how's this new arrangement in the paper view <laughs> working out for you? It's got teething issues. Yeah, I, I, I guess that. But it, at least it's perky. Hmm. I've, I've, do you know what? I'm operating on a master plan. Really? Yeah, I am, actually. I'm thinking long-term. OK. And it doesn't involve either of you. Right. Hmm. OK. I don't know which to go for now. Maybe not the one about the Ebola victims. A toilet cleaner has posed as a pilot to con lonely women. <laughs> hey, that fits in with our item. Lonely. Babies Introducing is a show here on Three Counties Radio that supports unsigned and undiscovered musicians from Beds, Hearts and Bucks. This week we're playing uh, a song by Lucy Dale Court from Monkston in Milton Keynes. Her song is called Bullet. We need to have a chat about that. Just a 
That's Lucy Dale Court from Monkston and Milton Keynes. That's her song, Bullet. You can hear more uh, BBC Introducing tracks by listening to uh, uh, BBC Introducing, Saturday Nights with Gary Floyd. Now, listen, we've still not had anyone suggest what we should put on Facebook. I've realised what the problem is. We need to put it on Facebook. Uh, well, <laughs> that's not going to work. No, well, no, why not? I've been on a course recently, and that's just definitely not going to work. No, no, no. So we go on to Facebook, mm. and we ask the listener... What should we put on Facebook? Because no, because we'll end up on that website that shows so, bad examples of th- 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 those those guys, those guys. So who can work Facebook here, guys? I've not got a login anymore. Scoins? I can do that. Ellis, would you be able to go onto Facebook for me? Uh, I can when I get back in there. Probably a good idea. Yeah. I mean, you're looking at Sudoku. <laughs> <laughs> She's at, I just I, happened to stop turning on I that I don't page. know if you know how the paper review works. Sudoku ain't part of it. First, top left-hand corner, one. Uh, middle <laughs> top corner, uh, middle top square, blank. Hey, uh, stranger sec- things have happened third, on the radio. Yeah. Do radio Sudoku, go on. I don't, I don't know how Sudoku... I cannot get my head around Sudoku. And then I also cannot get my head around why anybody would want to get their head around Sudoku. It's the most boring thing. It's the second most boring thing in the world. What's the first? Is it you? Oh... Right, you go and do Facebook. Go back in there with your boyfriend. Do Facebook. I like the beard article. All right, mate. All right, mate. You also liked an article about Ebola. I didn't like it. You were sat there giving Ebola the thumbs up. Go in there with your boyfriend. (laughs) Get onto Facebook. The Facebook question is, what should we put on Facebook? Facebook.com forward slash BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm going to play the Rolling Stones band. I cannot stand. That's how bad things have got. Should be 
is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. There's a thing in the papers, one in eight of us never use the internet. I don't believe that at all. Is there anybody listening to this show who has never used the internet, ever? Even my mum has used it. 08459 455 555 is the phone number. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Borehamwood, the Barnet Bypass going southbound is still looking heavy between Stirling Corner and the Mill Hill Circus. And in Hartford, Old Cross is closed in both directions between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to emergency repairs. And on the M1 in both directions still have those major roadworks in place between Junction 10A for the Kidneywood Roundabout and Junction 10 for the Luton Airport Spur Road. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Emma, thank you very much indeed. Eight of us have never used the internet. I don't believe that at all. Surely everybody's been on the internet, haven't they? If you've never used the internet, could you give me a call and tell me how, how, how you survive? And kids, come on, guys. We should all bunk off school a little bit more. I wish I had. Here's Simon. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock. The headlines, sharp rise in school fines for parents. Obama gives the go-ahead for Iraq airstrikes and flood prevention work in Aylesbury. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in term time. BBC Research shows there's been a 70% increase since new government regulations came into force last September. Over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford, over seven times as many in Milton Keynes, And in Luton, the number has gone up by over 60% to nearly 2,300 fines. Karen Wilkinson is from the group Parents Want to Say. Some schools are completely behind us. We get tweets from teachers, from head teachers. Uh, We have private conversations with anyone from educational welfare officers, educational psychologists, who think that the rule is absolutely ridiculous. And then we do have other people, governors, sometimes teachers, sometimes head teachers, who say no children should be in school all the time. President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq, but says the US will not be dragged into another war. He says he will act to prevent genocide after tens of thousands of Christians and other minority groups were forced to flee from Islamic State fighters, formerly known as ISIS. The president said the US had already organised airdrops of food and drink. When we face a situation like we do on that mountain, with innocent people facing the prospect of violence on a horrific scale, When we have a mandate to help, in this case a request from the Iraqi government, and when we have the unique capabilities to help avert a massacre, then I believe the United States of America cannot turn a blind eye. A teacher at an all-girls public school in Hertfordshire has admitted engaging in sexual activity with a 15-year-old pupil. 26-year-old Emily Fox, who taught at the Royal Masonic School for Girls in Rickmansworth, pleaded guilty to four charges at St Albans Crown Court. She will return for sentencing next month. The Israeli military says two rockets from Gaza have hit southern Israel just hours before a ceasefire was due to expire. They've accused Hamas of breaking the truce. Council workers will continue dredging fly-tip rubbish from 
Stoke Brook in Aylesbury this morning. The District Council says it wants the waterway clear in case Tropical Storm Bertha hits Britain. The same section flooded during heavy rain in January. BBC weatherman John Hammond says the storm is predicted for Sunday. The most likely scenario is that it'll move its way into the more southern and eastern parts of the UK, carrying a lot of heavy rain, flooding rains potentially, and some unseasonably strong winds. In sport, Lee Westwood and Rory McIlroy are among the pace setters after the first round of the US PGA, the final golf major of the season. Westwood is joint leader after a six under par 65, with McIlroy just one shot behind after a 66. The weather wet this morning with heavy showers or more persistent rain. The showers will continue this afternoon with some brighter spells, feeling cooler, a maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's a small town so you can come here and do all your shopping. And all this week we're featuring Amptill and Flitwick. Amptill is a fantastic Georgian town which is an absolutely brilliant place to live. It's all about where you live. When I first lived here I think there was about 5,000 population. I think it's about 45 now. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's Friday. We made it to the end of another week, guys. High fives and donuts all around. Lots to talk about this morning, including fines for parents who take their kids out of school during turn time. Rocket. How well do you know your neighbours? I'm just thinking, I don't know any of my neighbours. I certainly don't know their names. Oh, and this is going to be good. Do you remember earlier in the week we spoke to a gentleman who had a white widow spider in his dustbin? And you remember that Justin Dealey doesn't like spiders? Yeah. We're sending Justin Dealey to look at the white widow spider in a man's bin. Oh, it's going to be good. We're also kind of a little bit stuck for ideas what should we put on the Facebook page I know, I know, I know, I know I know. facebook.com forward slash bbc3cr but the best way to get in touch is 08 459 455 555 Across beds, hearts and bucks This is BBC Three Counties Radio Now, since the rules about taking your kids out of school during term time changed in September, the number of fines issued to parents across the three counties has more than doubled. In Bedfordshire, the number of fines being issued are amongst the highest in the country. And across the country, BBC research shows that almost 64,000 fines have been handed out, an increase of 70%. Well, Craig Langman is a parent who started a petition against the fines. Morning, Craig. Good morning. Why did you start this petition? Um, Because it's... Morally wrong, for a start. Why Um, why is it morally wrong? Basically, the right to be able to take children out of school um, doesn't just um, happen because of holidays. It could be several reasons. Um, And now it's being sort of given the hard line that parents aren't allowed to take their kids out of school for whatever reason. Um, And that, you know, if you want to take holidays, 
it has to be during when the government and the schools tell us we can go on holiday. We hear, we hear stories in the papers. There was one the other day about a, a kid was refused permission to have a three days off to go to a funeral. But that's quite rare, isn't it? Most most schools would use their discretion, and if it was a funeral or something like that, they, they'd say it was OK, wouldn't they? Um, unfortunately not. So I would like to say yes in that, in that sense. But we're getting stories through parents want to say... Um, we're getting stories throughout the country on a regular basis where schools have not taken the discretion, even though the discretion is actually down to the head teacher. We're, we're finding out that you know kids are being refused for all sorts of reasons, not just not just holidays. So, what kind of things are, are, are parents asking for and uh, not getting? Um, for an example, uh, as you mentioned, funerals. Kids who are, who are actually like only been given like one or two years left to live, they're taking they're, they want to take their kids on the on a one last sort of family holiday. Really? So a kid with yeah. a couple of years left to live, and, and the school saying no, they can't go out of school. Yeah, that's incredible. Which is ridiculous. Yeah, that's you, incredible. You, you sort of think, well, you know, I had somebody the other day who said to me, well, in that instance, why didn't this, why does the child just decide not to go to school full stop? Well, the answer is that. You know, in the end of the day, the kid wants to live a normal life. He wants to be with his friends at school. Yeah. And I don't see the part of the problem in being able to take the child out of school. They're just as educational. You know, we don't all sit on beaches 24-7 when we go on holiday. We do go to educational places as well. I kind of, listen, and, I kind of, my card's on the table. I kind of think that, that uh, quite often um, uh, holidays can be uh, more educational uh, than, than going to school. But, 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 Craig, you know there are some families that, you know, that they do just go and, you know, they go to Butlins for a week, nothing against Butlins, or they go and sit on a beach in Mallorca for a week. And that, that can't be as good as sitting in a classroom, can it? Well, it, it, it all comes down to, um, you know, a case-by-case basis. We're not saying for one minute that it's everybody's right to be able to do it. What we're saying is that we would like the discretion brought back so we can actually go and have a talk to a teacher. If a child is going through a rough time, let's say, you know, a child is being bullied is a good example, and the, and the parents feel that actually taking them away, spending a week in Butlins with the family to reassure the child that they're in a better place, you know, the family's close, you know, they'll help them through it, that is a, that is a, a, a reason why taking them out of school to sit in, you know, in Butlins for a week or whatever is a good thing. So it's always down to a case-by-case basis. A blanket, a blanket everybody can, is not what we're after. Craig, stay there. We'll, we'll give you a chance to plug the, uh, the petition in a second. Listening to that is Luton Councillor Wahid Akbar from uh, Children's Services, where the highest number of fines in our areas have been issued. Wahid, what do you think to what Craig was saying? Makes a lot of sense, doesn't he? Uh- I think I agree with uh, with him on the you know the every case is dealt by at individual merits, and um, this is I, I do not agree with that you know the, this is educational you know holidays are all educational and that I don't agree with. But with some him. holidays, some holidays. Imagine that you're an eight year old kid. You're getting to go. You, your parents can't afford to take you on holiday during the the summer holidays, but they can afford to take you abroad for a week uh, in the middle of May, and you get to see a foreign country. You get to hold foreign money, you hear foreign languages, you try different food. That's marvellous, isn't it, Wahid? 
Um, I think it's it's um, it's not marvelous because uh, they will actually miss the schools. They will academically they will not actually achieve anything, and the holidays are always not planned. And uh, you know uh, this is this is not right. Uh, I do not agree with that. Do you really think missing five days at the age of eight, when you know really, it, I'm not quite sure what you'd be doing then, but you could always ask the teacher for a little bit of extra work to take with you. The five days abroad, when you, you're you're handling foreign money. You're experiencing life. Uh, yes, uh, but I think there are some certain time, you know, the period where when they can take for the experiences and then, uh, you know, exploring uh, other activities. But parents can't, I think can't, that's good, but, but not sometimes we... But parents can't afford... parents can't A lot of parents can't afford to take their kids abroad during the summer holidays. I think this is um, also, you know, the, this is the legislation, this is the regulation which is introduced by the government last September. We are trying to actually... Uh, implement those uh, guidelines and rules which are have been introduced, and uh, the Luton has actually achieved um, quite. Uh, I think you have said that we we are actually uh, top top of the uh, in terms of attendance. We are in the region. Two thousand two hundred and forty nine fines in Luton have gone out since last September, more than any of the other councils in the three counties. Are you proud of that? Um, I, I am not. Uh, I do not say that I am proud of that, but I think I, uh, I am actually in support that we should be actually working actively uh, to actually increase the attendance level, and that is our, our motive. Because attendance is important. If they do not attend, they, they will not achieve. The children will not achieve, and we we will not actually succeed. It's about it's about one hundred thirty-five thousand pounds in fines. Where does that money go? That actually goes back to the council to invest for the you know for the educational it goes to, it goes to the council and where, where is that invested? It's about welfare services and you know the school welfare. Hey, that's, services. A, that's a nice little earner for you guys, isn't it, Wahid? Uh, it is. Uh, we we do not actually say, you know think that way. We think. Oh that no, we I know. I bet you to... don't. But one hundred thirty-five thousand pounds that you weren't expecting. Wow, that's great. Um, it, it, it is good, but it will help and it will be reinvested in education. I think that's Craig, the important uh, thing. Craig, I can hear you want to come in. What do you want to say? Um, two things. One, I'm glad you're proud that you're criminalising parents. You know, it's a really good state that we currently live in. And two, also, um, if I take one of my own examples, I took my child to Rome for two weeks a couple of years ago. And he had more exposure and more experience to culture, to history, to geography, to any other subject that was in schools. So when he came back, funnily enough, within a couple of months, they were doing a project about Romans. My son not knew more about Romans than any other child in that, school, in, in that class. You cannot learn everything within four walls of a classroom. And you're denying children from doing that. You're denying children from having the life experience. Wahid, you, if, well, you're proud of, if you're proud of that, then you need another job, mate. Wahid, your response? 
My response is, I think we cannot actually allow this, uh, you know, the parents to take them on any time, any day uh, for holidays, exploring the, you know, the new things. I think that's good, uh, you know, explore the things, but that should be in the holidays well, time. What about kids where they're, they're going off to a funeral or a wedding? What, do you think that you should be allowed I to take time off there? Um, I think one thing is, um, uh, as the local authority, we have an advisory role. We can advise the head teachers. Head teachers are always working with the parents. Yeah. And they will listen, and in exceptional circumstances, they will accept those, so, so, uh, you know, so, so signed up. But, 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 so, uh, for, for a funeral, would you let a child off have two days off for a funeral? Uh, I think uh, um, the, 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 it depends on the discretion of the head teachers, and that the but, head but, teachers particularly will look into the what's circumstances. Your, what's, your, what's your opinion? What your opinion as um, the councillor? What, what's your for, no, for children's pa- services? Well, I come to you. Uh, my nine-year-old son, um, his grandmother's died. We're going to go to a funeral in Scotland. I want two days off. I, I think that's fair enough. I think um, that should be. You know, I, I personally think that should they should be allowed. And are the but schools in Luton? The are the schools in Luton allowing kids to go off for funerals? I, I, I personally, I don't know because um, I do not deal with the individual cases. Okay. But uh, I haven't heard that, that kind of thing that is refused. Okay, Wahid, I thank you very much indeed. That's Luton Councillor Wahid Akbar. Uh, Craig, your, your petition. If people want to have a look at it, where do they go? Um, they go to uh, um, the. Uh, parentswantosay.co.uk website or uh, facebook.com forward slash parentswantosay and they'll find various links to my petition which is currently at 217,000 signatures. Craig, thank you very much indeed. Passionate, huh? We've got a tweet on this. Ian, you give the schools a chance to raise money, they'll use it. It's not about education. Uh, and, and Craig, you know, he was quite forthright to, to the councillor there. You're, you're, you're criminalising parents. We can do this discussion if you want. I know JVS did it earlier in the week, but we, we can kind of do it if you want. We can take it on uh, a, a little bit. I do think that you should be allowed to take kids out of school. My wife completely disagrees. OK, well, there you go. She makes the decision, so that's fine. But I do think, as long as you're not taking them out, you know, so they can stay and watch Jeremy Kyle, or you're going to go and, you know, spend three days at an arcade somewhere playing Donkey Kong. Donkey Kong? Trying to think of a, of a relevant video game. There isn't. Tuppany Shove. What's it? Tipping Point. What's the thing? Anyway, doesn't matter. Uh, if you're doing... You know, I do think going abroad on a holiday is an educational thing. You're handling foreign money. You're hearing foreign languages. You're seeing and smelling and tasting different things. That can be more educational than five days in a classroom, can't it? 08459 555. Let's get the travel. <laughs> Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the North Orbital Road at Brickett, we've got the normal build-up there. It's looking quite heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And in Borehamwood on the Barnet Bypass going southbound, still looking heavy between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And also in Hartford, Old Cross is closed in both directions between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to emergency repairs as of 6.30 last night. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 7.16, it's Friday the 8th of August. 
I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in turn time. BBC research shows over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford. President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq, but says the US will not be dragged into another war. And council workers will continue dredging Stokebrook in Aylesbury this morning in case tropical storm Bertha hits Britain. BBC Three Counties Radio. This season, we'll make every day memorable. Starting tomorrow, as all our local teams kick off the 2014-15 season. I know what it means to the supporters, you know, having been here the year and realised how much it means to them. Luton play their first football league game in five years, away to Carlisle. Watford are at home to Bolton. MK Dons host Gillingham. They're looking for the team at the moment, and they're quite excited by the start. I think the signs this year being at me will make a massive difference. And Stevenage entertain Hartlepool. Relegation is new to me, it's a, a bitter taste, but we've done exactly what you need to do. Clear the deck, start again and bring in some really good people. The 2014-2015 season kicks off tomorrow from two in Three Counties Sport. Here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. I don't get the beef with taking kids out of school. You know, as long as it's, you know, not the week before an exam or something. If they're right, take them to Rome. Rome. What is there to see in Rome? Only some of the finest architecture in the world. Richard's in Stevenage. Morning, Richard. Hi, Ian. Richard, are you going to agree with me on this? Yeah, I agree. Um... But the way I see it is that kids aren't just learning at school. They, they learn 24-7. Um, I think kids, especially at that young age, um, learn as much at school as they do at home with their parents. And um, I don't think seeing the world and uh, opening their eyes up to uh, additional things is... I am very fortunate, Richard, in that I'm doing all right and I can afford to take my kids on holiday during um, during the summer holidays. I can afford it. And, but not everybody can do. And I think to deny uh, kids the opportunity, even the experience of going on an aeroplane, you know, that's a life. We, we, I've done it a few times. I'm used to it. But that's a life-enriching experience for kids. I, I agree. And... Um the thing I don't understand is if you're taking a kid, especially in junior school, I mean, what, what the kids are learning in junior school, an adult should, well, I'd say majority of adults can handle that sort of, uh, you know, work comfortably. But why can't uh, the school give the parents of the child a week's worth of work and say, right, OK, if you're going to take them out of school in your own time on weekends or evenings and everything, you need to get your to catch up to the rest of the I, I agree. If, I, if And again, my wife strongly disagrees on this, so this will never happen. But if I did take my kids out of school for a week or two weeks, uh, I think any longer than that is probably pushing it, I would I would go into the teacher and say, right, we're going to go away. Um, what are the key points that my boys should be hitting over the next two weeks? And I'll make sure they do the work, you know. And uh, we, I will sit down and make sure, you know, not every day, but, you know, every other day, maybe they do a little bit of homework and do what they need to do to, to kind of keep up. And a responsible parent would do that, I think. They could even do it on holiday. I mean, when, when I was uh, younger, um, I, I remember my uh, my parents giving me like little workbooks and everything just to keep me occupied. You know, why everyone was getting like ready in the shower and everything. They'd give me a little workbook, do for half an hour to an hour, just to keep my brain ticking over. Richard, I mean, uh, Richard, I'm going to let you go because the lines look brilliant. But thank you. I agree. In fact, my boys are going to Greece soon. 
Uh, I'm staying here working, guys, don't worry. Uh, and my wife's got some books for them to do a little bit of maths, a little bit of spelling. Heather's in Bedford. Morning, Heather. Morning, Ian. What would you like to say? Um, I'd just like to put a little bit of a different slant on it. I mean, my children have all left school now. Um, I did, on occasion, take them out of school during the term time. I agree that you should be able to. My sister's children, however, go to private schools and get about, in total, six or seven weeks extra school holidays oh. than my children got. So, if they're going to get the same education in six or seven weeks less over the year, as long as you don't exceed that in the state schools, there shouldn't be an issue. Well, I guess... They should the... be able to teach the same amount yeah. in less time. The, uh, I, 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 the flaw in the argument is that if you're paying to go to a private school, then you're going to have smaller classes and you're going to have more focused attention, aren't you? It's going to be, not I don't... Not necessarily so. Do you not think? Um, my, sister, my sister has taken her youngest uh, about four years ago out of um, private school um, to put him back in the state school system where he is now thriving um, whereas he wasn't um, and there were 26 children oh, in his class at the private school I'd ask for a refund then but also yeah. they had to ask for the same permission if they took him out for any other reason yeah. you know I mean um, obviously, yeah, they've got a bit more money than I have. They, they'd got holiday homes abroad and oh. things and like to go at the drop of a hat. Oh. When, when they... where, did, where did life go right for your sister and oh, it go so wrong for you? <laughs> it's mad, isn't it? Um, but, you know, I mean, if if the state schools prove that you, that you don't need 40-odd weeks a year um, schooling, you can do it in less then surely they should stick to, you know, they've got the same basis for a curriculum because yeah. they have to follow the same... Heather, did, when you, you know, went to school, standards. I don't know how long ago that was, let's, let's be polite and say it wasn't that long ago, <laughs> did you ever bunk off school? Not really, no. No, I never, bu- I never bunked off school. No. When I went to college and university, I bunked off a lot. I never bunked off school. And do you know what? It's one of my big regrets in life. Because I would probably still be sat here looking at Paul Scoynes if I'd have bunked off school when I was 14 years old. Yeah. So my, my, el- my eldest, who's now 26, he never bunked off because he enjoyed being with his mates yeah. so much yeah. in the classroom. You know, yes, okay, you know, messed about sometimes, didn't sometimes, depending on the lesson. Right? But he enjoyed going to be with his mates. Heather, listen, I'm going to move on, but thank you very much indeed. I enjoyed being with my mates at school, but we just used to doss around. I, I, I didn't like school. I hated school. Hated school. I bet you loved school, didn't you, Scoins? I did love school, but I did. I, I think I only missed a few days when I was at school. I really? was a bit of a swat. But my mum was a teacher, so I sort of had at to. that school uh, at one point. Yeah, oh. and that was pretty. Oh, imagine that! Imagine That's, your mum being a teacher. The, at the only thing school. worse than that is your mum being the headmistress. That's got to be the worst. Yeah, that never happened. And also because they have to be stricter with you. Yeah, they have to be shown that they're not being favourite, giving favouritism. So they have to be stricter with you. Yeah. Oh no, I wouldn't like that. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Was your mu- was your mum a teacher at your school? And also, imagine when your mum told off one of your mates at school. Your fr- your mate would then come to you and say, "Your your mum would have worked at me today." Yeah. Hi Heather. Harsh times. Thank you. Harsh times indeed. 
Now, this morning, we're talking about loneliness and how it can affect people in our society. It comes after a charity launched a national campaign to encourage people to get to know their older neighbours. Well, joining me now is Jack from the Campaign to End Loneliness. Morning, Jack. Good morning. Jack, uh, how much of a problem is loneliness? Well, we know it's actually a huge problem. About 10% of those over the age of 65 say they feel lonely all or most of the time. That goes up to about 30% when you think about who feels lonely some of the time. And the reason it's such a problem is there's actually significant research now which shows that loneliness has a profound effect on our health and well-being, contributing towards things like dementia, cognitive decline, and other mental health issues like depression. Uh, what what can be done to combat it? Because we always hear this, we always get this kind of campaign every every Christmas. Go, hey, go and knock on an old person's door. Well, I, the, the old people I know don't want anyone knocking on their door. Well, it's true. I mean, loneliness used to be just for Christmas, but I think the campaign to end loneliness came together about three years ago to help, I suppose, spread the word that loneliness is more than just something that's a bit sad and a bit unfortunate, but actually has a profound effect on our health. And what we're trying to do is is make sure that. You know, those responsible for commissioning our health and well-being services, so you know, people like adult social care and, and the local GPs are aware of why this is an important issue um, you know, more broadly rather than something that's just sad. And it's important to recognise that we're not, just, you know, we're not trying to force uh, um, company on people. Uh, what loneliness really is, is, is when we're not getting the, the kind of social contact that we would like. Um, there's something very different, solitude, which is when you want to be alone and you're enjoying that, and that's really not what we're talking about. It's loneliness itself, which is which has been shown to have this health effect. But loneliness is all, is also kind of a, a, a mental state of mind, isn't it? Because you were saying earlier, you can be in a room with a hundred people, but still be incredibly lonely. It's about making a kind of um, sort of spiritual contact almost with someone. Absolutely. I mean, often we we find that care homes are a place of profound loneliness, even though people are seeing many, many different people each day, which is why we we think it's important not to talk about social isolation, but actually talk about loneliness itself. I mean, what we want to see is, you know, more services commissioned um, to help lonely older people and those who might be at risk of loneliness overcome that, meet new people and make those important connections, as you say. This new campaign by Friends of the Elderly is something that's trying to do that by encouraging people to make a connection with those in their community and, and really build that community spirit, which often we feel is lost these days. So what can we do, Jack? Well, I think there's something we can all do, which is you know, keep a, more than an eye out for those in our community who might need a helping hand or you know, might be at risk of being loneliness, our friends and family. But also we need to make sure that our local authorities are taking this issue seriously, making sure that they are putting it into their health and wellbeing board strategies. And, you know, loneliness isn't just dismissed as something that's a bit sad, but recognised for the problem that it really is. Uh, Jack, if people want to find out more about the Campaign to End Loneliness, where do they go? So you can come to our website, campaigntoendloneliness.org.uk. And for this particular campaign that's launched today, go to the Friends of the Elderly website. Jack, I appreciate your time. Uh, fingers crossed that you, you'll uh, get some success uh, in this. I'm not quite sure how you'd measure that success, but um, certainly is, uh, is uh, a good idea. Well done. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. Should you wish to give us a call, you'll be more uh, than welcome to. What are we talking about this morning? Well, uh, we're talking about taking your kids out of school. Yes, I know JVS did it on Monday, but, but, but... I don't see... I don't see any... I don't see many problems with it. If it's handled well, if it's done in a responsible way, if it's done, you know, not two weeks before they're about to take their GCSEs or their A-levels, then, yeah... 
Good on you. Well done. You're showing them the world. You're showing them life experience. They are experiencing. They're not just reading it in a book. Do they even have books in schools anymore? They're experiencing things. 08459 455 555. And also, one in eight of us never use the internet. I'll come to that story after we get the latest travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, still got the normal build-up at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. It's looking quite heavy there. Also in Boromwood on the Barnet Bypass going southbound, still looking heavy between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And in Watford, there's also heavy traffic on Lower High Street just at Bushy Arches. And on London Midland Trains, there's a possible disruption between Bletchley and Milton Keynes due to, a, due to an operating incident. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, Hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's 7.30, I'm Simon Oxley. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in term time. BBC Research shows over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford, over seven times as many in Milton Keynes. President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq, but says the US will not be dragged into another war, and council workers will continue dredging Stoke Brook in Aylesbury this morning in case tropical storm Bertha hits Britain. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Lee Westwood and Rory McIlroy are among the pace setters after the first round of the USPGA, the final golf major of the season. Westwood is joint leader after a six under par 65, with McIlroy just one shot behind after a 66. Woburn's Ian Poulter carded a 68, but Tiger Woods is three over par. The new football season kicks off tomorrow. Luton start a new football league season for the first time since 2008, with John Still's side making the long trip to Carlisle. I've been waiting for Saturday probably after two weeks of the, the season being over and the celebrations finishing you know, I was just worried, you know, waiting for, for, for this season and that would have been the same if we hadn't come up I'd have been waiting for the season because that's what I do this is the job that you do and when you're not doing your job you get bored and um, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to it, I really, really can't wait for Saturday Also in League 2, Wickham go to Newport, Stevenage could field several new signings at home to Hartlepool In the Championship, Watford start at home to Bolton, new midfield loan signing Keith Andrews can't play against his parent club, but manager Beppe Sinino knows other new signings means his squad is under pressure to do well. I am always uh, under pressure, but, but this, this is uh, my work, my job. And in League One, on loan Arsenal striker Benneke Fobi and defender Carl McFadden are set to make their MK Dons debuts as Cole Robinson's side host Gillingham. As a whole, as a football club, we're, we're really, really maturing in the right way 10 years on, and I think we're, we're going into this 10th year anniversary with an awful lot of optimism and a lot of confidence. And, um, the unpredictability of the football season is, is there for all to see, but we feel we've got enough players in this group to, to, to go and definitely compete. And there's commentary on Watford, MK Dons, Luton and Stevenage in Three Counties Sport, which returns tomorrow at two. And England's cricketers resume on 113 for three this morning on day two of the fourth test at Old Trafford. They bowled India out yesterday for 152. BBC Three Counties News and Sport. The next full bulletin is at eight. Call 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. That's what I'm talking about. 
So, taking your kids out of school, come on, guys, really. If you do it responsibly in an adult fashion, there's no problem with it. Is there? I would much rather my boys were looking at the uh, ruins of the Colosseum or, or, or something else in a foreign country than sat in a classroom for five days. Books are great, man. But experience, that's where it's at, isn't it? Experience, life experience. We've got ourselves into this weird mindset that thinks you can only learn at school. School didn't work for me. Didn't work for me in the slightest. Uh, it wasn't until later I appreciated, uh, the, you know, the, the richness that was out there in the world. 08459 555. And also this thing here, page 27 of the mail. No, not um, the celebrities that have signed a letter uh, saying that Scotland should stay part of the Union. So Bruce Forsyth and Mick Jagger and indeed Helena Bonham Carter. What? Oi, Mick Jagger's written a letter saying we should stay part of the... I'm trying to do a Scottish accent. We should stay part of the Union. We better do it. Not a very good accent, is it? Uh, No, it's this story. One in eight of us never use the internet. It's become an integral part of everyday life for so many Britons. But six million adults never use the internet or go online only rarely. Is there anybody listening who's not used the internet? There can't be. Everybody uses it. I don't believe this. Everybody uses the internet. My mum has used the internet and she can't do nothing. 08459 455 555. Claire's on the line. Morning, Claire. Good morning. What was that to say? Well, I'm calling in about the uh, the issue of parents being fined for taking their children out during uh, term time. Oh, yeah, go on. Well, my, my major issue with it is that the fine is per parent per child. Oh. And as far as I know, we're the only country to penalise parents for staying together and uh, not oh. separating. So, hang on. If, if it was me and my wife and we took one of our boys out, we'd pay £120? Yes. It's yes. per parent. I didn't know that. I know, I know. But they, I checked on the on the local council website, oh, and they've dear. got it in big yellow writing and everything, oh, saying dear. that um, it's per parent per child, which is absolutely ridiculous. The thing is, though, uh, there are. I, I, I've read of stories in the newspaper where parents have saved so much money by taking their kids out during term time that they've been prepared to pay the fine. Well, that's it. I think if you're taking your children out during term time just to save money, then um, then you would pay the fine because you'd, you'd save the money on it. But um, see, I think with the way it worked before, where parent, where the head teacher could use their discretion and say your child has got 98% attendance and we know they'll catch up with mm. the work and so on, that worked really, really well, and our, our head teacher was very happy with that. But now, if your child's got 2% attendance or 98% attendance, you you both get penalised. And if if the government's made Main issue is that it's harming children's um, school careers, and they actually, they're actually saying it will harm their long-term prospects. I think where your child, you know that your child is doing well, and you've taken them somewhere interesting, or even for a lot of people, um, they can't get holiday in school holiday if they're nurses or something like that, where there's a lot of females yeah. and a lot of mums. Oh, parents trying to get uh, take holiday at the same time as each other—it's it's a nightmare to do. Well, that's it. Well, they, well, then you only pay one fine. <laughs> you get I suppose one, so, yeah. Just one of you takes someone. I think the school will find my husband will never come on holiday again. Did you ever, Claire, when you were at school, you sound like you were a good girl, but did you, did you ever bunk off? Do you, do you wish you'd done things differently at school? Well, I did have a time when um, we, were, we lived abroad and we had to come back to England for a while and I was homeschooled for a bit and didn't go to school for a little while. It didn't do me any harm. But actually, I was at boarding school, so it was very hard for me to bunk off. There was nowhere to go. Mm. But I did need uh. to nip out to the local park to do my revision and no one knew. Hey, boarding school. 
Did you, how old were you when you were at boarding school? Oh, I was there from when I was eight to when I was 18. Wow. Did you ever resent your parents for doing that? No, because we were, we were living abroad and uh, my parents had said if they didn't want us, if we didn't want to go to boarding school, they'd come back and um, live in Reading. But we, we thought oh. South Africa... And yeah, you don't want to live in Reading. It was more exciting, that's Claire, right. thank you very much indeed. You don't want to live in Reading. I'll be honest, never, uh, never dis a, de- a region. But Reading, it's a dump, isn't it? I don't know Reading. No, no, I've never did. Never, yeah, I've, I've been there and it's, you know, it's really is... Um, it's unpleasant. I think, to say the least. Is it the town or the people, or both? It's the people. They're horrible. Mm. Scum. Wow. They can't hear us there, can they? It's, uh, it's, we hit South Buckinghamshire, yeah. but I think it's fine. OK. Well, yeah. well, Reading's in Berkshire. Well, exactly. No, I mean, you can sometimes pick up regions. Like, you could probably get, like, Oxford from here. Peter, have you ever been to uh, to Reading? Yes, indeed. What did you reckon, sir? Um, well, it, it, was an, it was an army. As far as I was concerned, it was an army garrison. Is that trying to work out? Is that rhyming slang for something? No, no, Army no. Garrison, Harrison, Harrison Ford, Cord, no, Cordroy no, jeans, beans, uh, uh, beans, beans. Good for your heart. The more you eat, the more you was it you, that? You certainly know how to make friends and influence people, don't uh, you? I don't want to make any friends in Reading. <laughs> I would never go and visit them. Peter, what do you want to have a whinge about today? I was just thinking in terms of the, the school children, really. Yeah. Uh, we you, we all kick up a fuss, or they all, everyone kicks up a fuss about uh, school holidays and things like that. Yes. But I think they should be looking at their children and wondering why they're letting them use mobile phones with their necks, necks in a, in a uh, downward position all the time. Sorry. And their fingers running through the keys all the time. Yeah. And they're going to so, get... Peter, you're so old. Mobile phones don't have keys anymore. Yes, but they're going to get... Rep- they're your children. They're, they're going to get repetitive strain injury to their neck and their hands. <laughs> Believe I, me. I had that, but that was, that was in the 80s. Anyway. Um, yeah, they, they, well, you, it, it's a different... There was a thing yesterday. There was a story yesterday I wanted to touch on, and we never got round to it. Yeah. About how six-year-olds are be- uh, have the same competency on computer... You are right? You in a wind tunnel? You no, know, yeah, I'm fine. OK. It's, <laughs> it's you breathing. OK, we'll try not to breathe. They have the same competency on mobile phones and computers as a 42-year-old. Yes. But that's always been the way. I remember being eight, and I was the only one that was able to set the timer on the video recorder. Well, I, well, I spoke to 14 older people at a bowls club. Gosh. Yeah. Six had computers. Yeah. And two used them. Oh. <laughs> well, what do the other ones do? Use them as doorstops or something? No, no. They, they, most of them believed they had a life. <laughs> oh, Pete. Come on. You, you, are you a silver surfer? Do you, do you go online looking for, for no, hot, lonely all. women? No, not at all. Or do, do your online shopping? No, not Facebook. at all. Facebook? Not at all. Friends Reunited? No, not at all. MySpace? No. Amazon? No. eBay? No, why? YouTube? Why? Porntube? Why? First of all, if you shop online, yeah. they'll give you the, the pass of the lines that's getting very near to its final sell-by oh, date. Oh, you're such a cynic, Peter. <laughs> such <laughs> a cynic. Absolutely, I am a cynic. And I go and pick my own, fresh. Oh, dear. <laughs> Peter, one final question. Are you lonely? No, not at all. Ever been lonely? Uh, no, not really. I, 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 I play bowls, I've got lots of friends, I, I run sessions for the older bowlers, and as far as I'm concerned, wow. I've got a good life, really. There are older bowlers than you. <laughs> Wowzers, Peter. Nice to talk to you, mate. Thank you. Joyce is in Lee Grave. Morning, Joyce. Morning. What would you like to say? Well, 
loneliness, you're saying about loneliness. Yes. I had, uh, had to go to hospital last week just to check up on osteoarthritis. Yes. And they very kindly uh, asked me, they said, no, that's good, would you like to join a Tai Chi class? Oh, my goodness at gracious the hospital me. For balance, you know, and stature and posture and all that. Well, the thing being, it was brilliant. I went for one session Wednesday, the first session, and it was wonderful. And you were talking about loneliness and communication, which is essence. I don't like computer, I don't like this, and I don't like the new stuff. I like to talk to people. Yeah, but you can talk to people, uh, uh, you can talk to people face-to-face on computers. No, I don't like that. It's it's not natural. Well, it's just me, my age group, probably. But the thing being... But then, but then that, hang on a minute, that argument doesn't work because then telephones aren't natural, letters aren't natural. They are to us because we've been brought up with them. But, but with a computer, you can see the person you're talking to. <laughs> How cool is that? I know, I know. It's brilliant for your, your, you, younger people. Okay, God bless but you. But we haven't got time to learn other things when we've got other things on the boil. Well, what have you got on the boil? Now, the, the thing being, first of all, yes. when, they, um, when we come out of this hospital class, he was brilliant. The Tai Chi? Yeah. And it ended up that he gave us exercise, obviously, papers, yeah. and they do this, do yeah, that. Yeah, do, 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 do. But coming to the point I'm making... Ah, he, last. He also... Oh, no, I, I can see it in the distance. <laughs> you, it's you, you keep interrupting. Oh, I do not, I do not interrupt. So, consequently... What makes you think I interrupt, Joyce? So listen to this. So... I can't believe she said she thinks <laughs> I interrupt. I'm not an interrupter. <laughs> With the posture... Honestly, um, when have I ever interrupted? <laughs> Oh, you break into people's con- line of conversation and then you put them I off. do no such thing. <laughs> Sometimes you do. Etc, etc, etc. Don't et be cheeky. Okay. Okay, and in, yes. this, in these forms he gave us for posture, which was excellent, thanks to the hospital, and the thing being he also gave us, which is more interesting... Yes, I hope so. Yes. For the sake of this show. A form... Uh, telling us what clubs there uh, are in Luton. Oh. Physical clubs, get-together clubs. This is where I'm coming to your communication. OK, we're you, get to, are, we, are we anywhere? I, I feel we've gone further away from the point, but go on. No, no, you, you're on about communication. Yes, sir. And that's a good point. I want to tell you the hospital did a good thing. They did a good by thing. By doing this, yeah. and um, there was about 20 of us in a class, and now we know where the club is. More than social services tell us, or yes. anything at health people. So good luck to the health, to the um, hospital. Good they luck. did well. Joyce, good luck to the hospital. Thank you very much. Um, we've been talking about the campaign to end loneliness. Scott has tweeted me, and Paul, I don't know, maybe you know this. Has uh, loneliness ended yet? Uh, let me just check. Um, it's no, it's still happening. It's still happening. Scott, we'll keep you informed about the morning if loneliness does end before nine o'clock this morning. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Why? Why? <clears throat> why is there this reluctance for older people to use computers? Joyce, they're saying that, that, that like skyping someone so you can see them is not natural. Well, th- then letters aren't natural. The only natural form of communication is telekinesis. <laughs> Do you remember that? When people used to think they could communicate psychically. Do you remember that? Do you remember when we all thought that Yuri, Yuri Geller was psychic? He's not. He's just a massive bender of spoons. That's all he is. That's all he is. Isn't he? He's done the spoon bending in front of me. Mm. And it's amazing. It's an amazing thing to see. It's a great trick. It is a trick.
It's good because he goes, I'm going to bend this spoon. Use your psychic powers to bend this spoon. <laughs> if you just concentrate on the spoon, it is getting wobbly. And look, and then it bends in front of you. It's amazing. Does he basically have super hot hands? Yeah. Really? No. Okay. I don't know how he does it. Super hot hands. But maybe it's super hot hands. I'm going to bend. Ow, it's going to bend. Ow, it's really hot. It's not hot. It's just my psychic powers. Don't touch my head. He turns Mexican as he does it. <laughs> More so. He does. But remember, people used to believe in psychic powers and stuff. I remember as a, as a youngster, really trying to focus. And I'm sending you a number, Scoins. Right, I'm sending you a number. <clears throat> Let me write down what this number is. Hang on, okay. we're going to do this. Right. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm naturally sceptical. Right, I'm going to write down on the back of this bit of paper. I'm writing down. Don't write. Don't look at the number I'm writing. Right, I've written down a number, and I'm going to send it to you. Okay. Can I guess? Uh, yeah, but I'm not really sending it to you, so that's earwigging on our psychic conversation. But you can have a go. But I'm sending it to Scoines. I think I've got it. What do you think it is? I think it's five. I think it's four. Oh, guys, it was sixty-nine. Oh. <laughs> Shit. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, it's still looking heavy just at the M25 junction 21A roundabout. And in Boreham Wood on the Barnet Bypass going southbound, that's still looking heavy as well between Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And in Hartford on Old Cross, both directions is closed between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to emergency repairs that are taking place there. And on London Midland trains, there's a possible disruption between Bletchley and Milton Keynes Central due to an operating incident. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. An operating incident, you say? Mysterious. 7.46, Friday the 8th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in term time. BBC research shows over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford, over seven times as many in Milton Keynes. President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq, but says the US will not be dragged into another war. And council workers will continue dredging Stoke Brook in Aylesbury this morning in case Tropical Storm Bertha hits Britain, which apparently it won't do. 08459 555 Coming up, Justin Dealey and the Spider-Man. But before that, here's the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Yes, thanks very much indeed. We've got Met Office weather warnings in force as we go through uh, today and also for Sunday. Uh, today is all about some rain that's moving towards us or some showers that are likely to develop as we go through the day. So uh, the three counties at risk of some slow-moving, potentially uh, thundery uh, downpours as we go through this afternoon. A lot of dry weather, though, in advance of that. And between those showers this afternoon, uh, temperatures of around the 20 to 21 Celsius mark, but it will feel quite cool once the showers get going. Tomorrow, a much better day in prospect for the three counties. Bright, breezy, good spells of sunshine, staying dry and highs in the low 20s mark. But for Sunday, all change. What was formerly Hurricane Bertha, and by the time it reaches our shores, will be downgraded to an area of low pressure only. It's not even a hurricane at the moment, actually. It's already been downgraded and was only a hurricane for a few hours. But it's a period of wet and windy weather spreading in from the southwest. Looks like it's going to sweep in towards the 
southwest of the UK and arc off towards the northeast of England as we go through the day on Sunday. Right across all three counties then, as I say, the Met Office has issued an early warning for some very wet weather on Sunday and also quite breezy as well as that comes through. And then Monday uh, will stay unsettled with the risk of some sharp showers around again to start the new working week. Tomorrow then, the best day of the weekend, Ian. Thank you very much. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Good wide age range of people. It's up and coming, it's up and coming. There's lots of new developments going on. All this week we're featuring Amptill and Flitig. It's a small town so you can come here and do all your shopping. Only friendly. Oh, it's got everything you want. Inviting everyone to where you live. I would say it's it's a very vibrant place. There's lots of facilities here. It's just a lovely place to live. Everybody's friendly. If you've got a story everyone should hear about, let us tell them about it. Hampton is a fantastic Georgian town. Flitick is a good community, small town with everything you need there, from a supermarket to a swimming pool. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Erotic party operations. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Loneliness, computers, whatever you fancy, really. Dave Luton's on the line. Morning, Dave. Good morning, boss. Yes, my lady. Loneliness. Loneliness is the coat you wear. Oh, God, here we the go. The sun ain't gonna shine anymore. Oh, here we go. The moon here we go. ain't gonna rise in the sky. The tears are always clouding your eyes. The sun ain't gonna shine anymore when you're without love. Lonely without you, baby. Girl, I need you. I can't go on. Join me, Justin. The sun ain't gonna shine anymore. You're getting Justin on here. He needs to bring some paracetamol to that place to give to you. Have a nice little sing-song there. What's wrong with that, Dave? What, do you see I'm, I'm like, I'm like, is it um, singing? What? Is it singing? What do you mean, is it singing? Was it, singing? it was because it was singing. It was me doing Scott oh, Walker. Oh, yeah, I thought you had a stomach pain. I'll, I'll give you a stomach pain in a minute, fella. <laughs> oh, is it another threat to do me over? Oh, well, it's not a threat, it's a promise. Oh, no, hold on. Yes. I heard there's, there's people from Reading listening to this today. Nah, there's no one listening to it. They'll come down there and beat you up, pal. What, you're running around talking about it. The Reading. people from Reading, what, they, they won't be able to catch me because they'll be dragging their knuckles along the floor. Don't you talk about Reading, mate, because my late dad was born in Reading. Well... So. And it's like, I used to deliver there, mate, so... Well, yeah, well, there are people like you delivering there, for goodness sakes. That's how bad it is. What do you want? I'm going to talk to Justin and Peter about spiders in a minute. What do you want? Oh, you could talk... Oh, blimey, you're going to be shaking in your shoes there, aren't you? will be shaking in your shoes in a second. When you're, you're, out, you're coming out of a pub late one night, you hear a voice say, Oi, Dave, you turn round and you see me with a knuckle sandwich. I hope my mate Roland's listening to this. He's got um, spiders and snakes and everything else. I'll, I'll give you spiders and the... snakes. Well, yeah. Yeah. Loneliness. Without you, baby, oh, I can't go on. What do you want to say, Dave? Get to the point. You're really doing my nutting today. Well, you're doing my nutting. Well, then, shall we end it here? Well, no. I'm just loneliness. OK, thank you very much indeed. 
Now, a man from Sandy is convinced that one of his bins contains at least 12 different species of baby spider, including a white widow. You may remember we spoke to Peter Rigby uh, earlier on in the week. Well, Justin, we're using a weird setup here because, hey, the radio car isn't working, I think. Justin, are you there? Yes, I'm here, boss. You're on the telephone? Yeah. Are you there with Peter? I've been to me, Peter. On his way home. (laughs) Right, okay, right. So, So, Justin, you've been to see these spiders. Yes, boss. What did you make of it? Not a lot. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? He sounds a bit he, upset, he's Peter. He's very blasé. He's very blasé. Very courageous. He didn't see the tropical tentweb spider. H- hang on a second. Which uh, has hang on. Hang on. Of eyes on. Hang on. Back. Peter. Peter. Yes. Are you watching Good Morning? This is Britain on the television. I'll turn it off. Yes, please. <laughs> I the... will, sorry. No, you Take will. Your pardon, it's in the background. Whoa, are you still there? Just, just. Good, I won't... Yeah. yeah. He's watching Good Morning, This Is Britain, while he's doing an interview with us on BBC the Three Counties. Yes, we go. Yeah. Justin, you're right, you sound a little bit down, that mate. came on whilst I was talking yeah. to you. Yeah, oh, it just came yeah, on, yeah. Not, not my choice of no. listening. No. There we are. So, now, mm. right in front of me, I have the tropical tentwed spider, which leapt out of my front window. No, you don't. Never no, you don't. Never seen Peter. again, I hope. And no, a big black widow with a wonderful red hourglass under her no, belly. No, it's a female that's oh, more no. deadly than the, than the male. Pe- it, as so often, no. Peter, we know that. Hang on, Peter. We men, we're, we're softies. Yes, Peter. Um, yes. And then Shut there's up. the... Peter? Uh, what's it called? I've got no idea. The, the, Peter. the Sydney funnel web. Peter? Now, I Hello? talked to the Australian High yes. Commission in London okay. the other day. I'll just let him go and right I up. said, you're very good at preventing unwanted species from coming in, but you have a big immigrant community. Yes, many of whom, for, for whom millet is a very important second, staple, yes. and they grow it there yeah. for their own needs okay. because you don't grow it. No, um, and gonna, they have a surplus, hello? so be yes. good businessmen and businesswomen. No idea what you're talking they about. They export it, right? And with that, could Peter? be coming the Sydney funnelware. Excellent, Peter. There's a gap there. I'm going to. I'm in there. I've got my foot in the doorway. Justin, you, you haven't. Yeah, yeah, I have. Well, Justin, watch out! Any spiders <laughs> behind it? Yeah. Watch out! Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. But, Great bands. Justin. My goodness me. You sound uh, like I feel right now. What happened? Oh, do you know what? You, you, listen, minute, listen, boss. Uh, I've, I've had a bad week. The, 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 the radio car's not working. A mixture of Wheeler and Khan have messed up the radio car. Yeah. Well, I'm on my way back from Sandy to come and see you. Thankfully, I managed to get out of Peter's home, okay? <laughs> you, you're, you're, In one you're, piece. Yeah. Yes, yes, thanks, you You'll hear this report at 10 to 9 this morning. Basically, yeah. Peter came on the programme earlier this week claiming he had 12 different species of spider. More than in, in four, hang 20 on, plus. Hang on, hang on. You yeah. showed me an earwig this morning. That no, 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 no. Spider. Yes, they you are, did. They are yes, you did, Peter. I hadn't got my spectacles on. I just climbed out of the bath. Do you know you should have told me, me to let me know that I was. you were coming. Uh, sorry about that, but I was expecting you between seven and a half, seven. It, you caught me napping. <laughs> no, Justin, he's, he's very brave, this Justin. I took my hat off to him because he put this, his camera phone so close to what is probably... No, no, no. In the doorway. No, no, no. Uh, and now that I've looked between the bins, there are nests of spiders. Uh, they thought, no, seriously, Justin, if you come back, come back. Let me no, know you're coming, and I, I will Can I decline that offer? Pardon? Can I decline yeah. that offer? Do you mind? They, if yes, absolutely. No, I don't mind. No, you're tell you, what, bra- I te- you were brave enough to be here in the first place. I, so I, I tell you what, Justin. I we- think you deserve a medal. Mm, yeah, thank you. 
It's okay. Now, <laughs> just, uh, uh, um, uh, Justin, you do very rarely do, does anyone get the better of you, Justin, and yet Peter... I he did. You, Nobody oh, got blimey. the better of him. He got the better of the spiders. They all ran for cover. So, Peter, did Justin <laughs> see any spiders? Yes, he did. He saw uh, uh, no, a big he... one up in the corner be- behind the door yeah. that leads into the flat. And the problem okay. is, we uh, go into the... F- when we go... Point. Yeah. I'll ask him. Justin, yeah. you, you had mm. a big one up the back. Is that true? I, 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 I did see a big one. Hang on, Peter. Uh, yes, I, I, yes I, I, I did see a big one up the back. I have taken a photograph of that. We've sent it off to uh, a spider expert, but Peter claims that this is the most dangerous spider no, on no, this planet. No, no, no. It's it's the Falcus, the Falcus, the little one with a body. We've got something like 12 different varieties here, and the Falcus, we all know it. We call it Daddy Longlegs. But Hang on a minute, a Daddy Longlegs isn't a spider. It is a sp- no. Did we no, send no, Justin the, to go no, look no, at no, Daddy Longlegs? No, 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 no. I can't believe it. We no, sent Justin no, no, to look no. at Daddy, Daddy Longlegs. Long is the crane fly. That's the one you call it. In <laughs> Kenya, we call the long-legged spiders very thin legs. The Falcus, the Daddy Longlegs. Oh, They're yeah. also known in America as Daddy yeah. Longlegs. Is as what's it called? Ladybirds and ladybugs over there. Not and oh, um, oh. woodlice are she uh, are pill bugs. We all have different names, but the Falcon... I've got a name for you, Peter. <laughs> can, I, can, I, can I say one last thing? Can I say one last thing? Why not, Justin? Please do. Okay. He's a very okay. brave man, yeah. this man, yeah. well, and very yeah, good yeah, at his job. Yeah. Very, very brave man to look at here with. So, no. so what, 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 what you said to me was, there's a yeah. white widow here. I went out to look at the white widow here, it and guess what? No, Peter, you... said to me, Peter said to me, oh no, you can't see the white widow, but the white widow can see you. Oh, yes, it's hidden on, oh good lord, it's on a flower bed, hidden behind, beneath everything. I'm not putting my hand in there. The other day when I put my hand anywhere near it, it jumped over the, the egg sack that it was carrying. Oh. And protected it, looked, glowered at me, and I thought, no, right. I'm not meddling okay. with you. Peter, listen, Peter, yep. can I apologise on behalf of BBC Three Counties Radio? I, you don't need, I don't need I any feel, apologies, No, I feel I brilliant. do. No, I Best feel please. I do. Not obviously not as good as Good Morning, This Is Britain, but never mind. I feel I do. I feel <laughs> Justin, mate. I feel you've let us down a little bit this morning. No, he didn't. How about you Well, you went to look at the spiders and you saw an earwig. Why, why didn't you dig no. around and find the White Widow? No, 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 he I, did. I, I can see what's put in front of me. Peter, it took Peter ten minutes to open his front door, and he, he, he greets me. You got there, was, you got there I had early. I dressed. I'd just been in the bath all right. for hours. He greeted me wearing a pirate's hat, took me downstairs, <laughs> and, opened, and opened his bin, and, and there was yeah. some food waste and an earwig in there, clutching at straws. On the way back, he claimed... No, 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 no. Justin, Justin, don't speak to the a guest like that, please, mate. was potential food. They live under the lid because we're in drought. We're in a drought, and the earwigs live in those things no earwigs are very edible and they're often eaten by these spiders they sort of reel them in like but at the moment please yeah sorry thank you we're out of time please Peter, we're out of time. I apologise on behalf of BBC Three Counties Radio for our reporter's attitude. I apologise he got he there. He's brilliant. He's not. No bad no, you're very, attitude, you're very, You're very generous. He's, I think he's been disrespectful and rude this morning. Justin, no, thank you. No, no, not yeah. to me. OK, Peter. Peter, thank you very much indeed. Justin, thank you. Thank you. Well, do you want to apologise to anyone? Well, I think you should be apologising <laughs> to me. <laughs> all, right, all right, all right, mate, whatever. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, still got that normal build-up heading onto the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And on London Midland trains, there's a disruption between Bletley and Milton Keynes Central due to an operating incident. Buses are now replacing trains between Bedford and Bletchley. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. I mean, how can you... Uh, Peter, sincerely, uh, on behalf of BBC Three Counties Radio, you have my apologies. I mean, we, we don't treat our guests and our contributors... Contributors? Yeah, that way. Apologies. All right, onwards and upwards. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Simon Oxley. The headlines, large rise in fines for taking children out of school, Aylesbury man to be sentenced for historic rape, and Obama gives the go-ahead for Iraq airstrikes. BBC Three Counties Radio. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in term time. BBC Research shows there's been a 70% increase since new government regulations came into force last September. Over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford, over seven times as many in Milton Keynes and in Luton the number has gone up by over 60% to nearly 2,300 fines but these Luton mums say they don't care It was £1,000 cheaper so I just took my children out and paid the £120 fine I'd rather pay £120 than £1,000 extra on top of my holiday so I think it is fundamental that they have quality time with the family. The fine that I get fined is so much less than what the difference in the holiday price would be. A Buckinghamshire man who thought he'd escaped justice after raping and attacking a woman 18 years ago will be sentenced today. 55-year-old Peter Carroll from Aylesbury attacked the woman in Norwich in 1996 and was eventually identified after he was arrested and cautioned for an unrelated assault. A man is due to appear at St Albans Crown Court today charged with sex attacks on teen ages in Hertfordshire 30 years ago. 51-year-old Paul Drinkwater of no fixed address was arrested in Maidenhead in connection with the alleged attacks in Berkhamstead in 1984. President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq but says the US will not be dragged into another war. He says he will act after tens of thousands of Christians and other minority groups were forced to flee from Islamic State fighters formerly known as ISIS. We can act carefully and responsibly to prevent a potential act of genocide. That's what we're doing on that mountain. I've therefore authorized targeted airstrikes, if necessary, to help forces in Iraq as they fight to break the siege of Mount Sinjar and protect the civilians trapped there. Already, American aircraft have begun conducting humanitarian airdrops of food and water to help these desperate men, women and children survive. Rockets have been fired into Israel from Gaza this morning as a three-day ceasefire expired. A spokesman for the Palestinian militant group Hamas said it would not extend the ceasefire, but talks in Cairo would continue. A teacher at an all-girls public school in Hertfordshire has admitted engaging in sexual activity with a 15-year-old pupil. 26-year-old Emily Fox, who taught at the Royal Masonic School for Girls in Rickmansworth, pleaded guilty to four charges at St Albans Crown Court. She will return for sentencing next month. Council workers will continue dredging fly-tip rubbish from Stoke Brook in Aylesbury this morning. The District Council says it wants the waterway clear in case Tropical Storm Bertha hits Britain. The same section flooded during heavy rain in January. 
In sport, Lee Westwood and Rory McIlroy are among the pace setters after the first round of the US PGA, the final golf major of the season. Westwood is joint leader after a six under par 65, with McIlroy just one shot behind after a 66. The weather wet this morning with heavy showers or more persistent rain. The showers continuing this afternoon with some brighter spells, feeling cooler though, a maximum temperature 22 degrees Celsius. And you can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Homely, friendly, or it's got everything you want. It's all about where you live. It's just a lovely place to live. Everybody's friendly. And all this week, we're featuring Amptill and Flitic. Flitic is a good community, small town with everything you need there, from a supermarket to a swimming pool. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's four minutes past eight. It's nearly the weekend, dear listener. How exciting is that? Exciting? Yeah, well, it's going to be wet, which I like. It's been too hot recently, I think. Lots coming up in the last hour of the show, including more on World War One. Your calls on loneliness not using the internet and also we'll have the latest on what's been going on with the Barnfield Federation. If you want to take part I suggest you give us a call 08459 455 555 Across beds, hearts and bucks This is BBC Three Counties Radio Now, we've, uh, it's a story we've been following very, very closely here on BBC Three Counties Radio, the uh, Barnfield Federation and, well, the mess that it's kind of got itself into. It's still unclear what the future of the Federation, the chain of schools and academies is going to be. Following several damning reports into the structure of the college and academies, it's been recommended the organisation splits and new sponsors for the academies are being sought. Well, Dame Rachel D'Souza once ran the Barnfield West Academy. Uh, she left to set up a chain over in Norfolk. Thank you very much for joining us, Dame Rachel. Before that, Paul Scoynes joins me in the studio. Paul, this is a story that you've been very closely uh, following. Just give us a little bit of a background and, uh, and where we are at the moment. Yes, this has uh, been a very long-running story, Ian. Barnfield was set up back in 2007. It was a, a highly successful chain at the beginning. It was quite ambitious. It grew to be quite a large organisation. Initially, it was the college in Luton that then went on to sponsor a number of academies. And I suppose at the time it was seen as a, a sort of a bit of a, a, a I don't know, a, 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 a yeah, a sort of a, a, a front runner really when it came to sort of the way mm. that uh, education was being modelled. Um, it very quickly grew to to encompass a number of different sorts of academies and sort of primary schools and uh, and sixth form colleges and so on. However. Two very serious reports published earlier this year by uh, two different government departments, very critical of the structure, and it revealed uh, a sort of a, a mismanagement of finances, um, lots of money claimed for students who weren't actually there, or at least that, that they couldn't prove, about a million pounds of that. There were also significant overspends which, uh, which the government found could have been avoided if the governance was right. We spoke only uh, uh, in the last couple of weeks to one of the former governors who said that she felt very frustrated frustrated at her time mm. there and wasn't really able to to do things she she felt that the structural sort of way that the organization had been set up was very chaotic uh, 
And indeed, we, we saw that, uh, that diagram, didn't we, of the way that Barnfield was set up, mm. about 11 separate companies running this organisation, two different boards, never the twain shall meet. Uh, and at the head of it was, uh, was the former Director General, Sir Peter Burkett, who, uh, who we have tried to speak to uh, on several occasions, but has pulled out of an interview once before. Now, and I think what the latest is that I understand is that the, uh, the academies are to be split. Well, that's what we were told a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and that will now mean that the college will operate as an independent body. Indeed, it's got new signs up outside, I saw the other day. Um, and the academies, which, you know, academically were doing quite well, uh, are going to be uh, for a new sponsor. Paul, thank you very much. Dame Rachel D'Souza, uh, you once ran Barnfield West Academy. What do you make of what happened? I, I think it, it's really sad. Mm. Um, and, and really, it was very depressing. I, I was, I've been away for a few years. Um, I was involved right at the start with a setup of Barnfield West from Halliard High School. In one year, we went from being a bottom 100 school to being the most improved school in the country and, and continued that. And it continued after I'd gone. Um, the head teacher that went into Barnfield West, superb, and is still there. Um, and I think parents should feel really reassured that academic standards, you know, are great. Well, yes, got, the, the teaching hasn't been in yeah. question at all, has it? Barnfield is still the tra- the, mm. the Barnfield Academies are still the trailblazer academies. You know, they're, they're terrific, and the head teachers at Barnfield South, Barnfield West, I know them personally, know lots of the staff, and I'm really, really proud of what they've achieved. But, you know, clearly there were there were problems. I think the problems in governance seem to have, have been at the bottom of it. And I'm absolutely certain that Dame Jackie up at Barnfield um, and the DfE have been working really closely. And this is this mess is getting sorted out and it needs to. It needs to get sorted out mm. for Luton parents. How did it all go wrong? I mean, is it simply because of the really complicated structure? Which yeah. is, is, I, is it more to it than that? I think I think um, I think. Often pioneering head teachers, you know, start, you know, using innovative new structures to try to do good. And I'm sure the intention was to try to do good, to, to try to raise standards, seem to create a messy governance structure. Um, and it seems to have ended up having very, very um, messy results and sad results. And, mm. and you know, it's, it's, it was just heartbreaking uh, to think of parents having to read about these negative things when actually the teachers in the schools and mm. the children in the schools are doing really, really, really well. So I absolutely support this split. Um, I believe that the academies are now uh, separated from the college. So the college can be a great college. The academies can be a great group of academies. Um, governance is clearly being sorted out. Dame Jackie's done a great job there um, with the DfE and I believe that they're looking for a new chief executive to run the academies um, I have to say I've got great faith in the head teachers of mm. the Barnfield school, schools um, you know and I believe that it's a chance to go forward for a new future. You say they're looking for a new chief executive mm. have uh, they have you had any phone calls or any conversations uh, with them? Obviously the headhunters are busy I mean I, I you know when I saw it I have to say you know my heart is very strongly in Luton I mean my uh, parent mother-in-law still lives here and uh, you know mm. my, my family brought up here so I want to help make sure they get the best possible candidates um, and get a great chief executive who is a top education leader because the Barnfield Academies are top academies mm. you know and they need they, they should be demanding the absolute top education leader to come in and put them back where they were and this messy business needs to be put behind them you know Luton this is something Luton's best at yeah. so be- if they asked you would you say yes 
So <laughs> I'm very committed up in Norfolk. I, what I've done is I've committed to sort of helping the people who are seeking uh, seeking a new CEO to find the best possible okay. CEO because okay. um, that's what's needed. There are, there are, and I'm sure they'll have a great field. So Peter Burkett seems to be this mysterious shadowy figure that kind of haunts this story. And um, he was booked to come on the show a while ago. Uh, and I think he pulled out, Paul, about three o'clock in the morning, yeah. something like that. Have you have you spoken to him? Have you been in touch? I've had absolutely no contact since I left the left mm. um, Barnfield West. Mm. So I've had, and that was I left in two thousand and ten. And was he approachable when you when you worked there? Was he was he a figure that you could approach and could speak um, to? I remember in two thousand and six a terrific guy with a lot of vision. Mm. Uh, that's what that's what I remember. That's why I went to do it. But you know, like I say. Strong people need good governance, <laughs> and it's good governance that keeps everything on track. So mm. I think that's the that's the bit of the link that, that that was missing, and I'm sure that link will be put right. Did Burkett not have that that strong governance? I think um, I think strong governance was there when I was there, but I think clearly um, as things grew very quickly, mm. um, just looking at the governance structures, it looks pretty vague and hard to understand and if I find it hard to understand then I would think you know and I'm, I'm an experienced leader of an academy we, we saw a picture of it we couldn't make head and tail of it we, we were sat there kind of scratching our heads the academies are still quite controversial and this whole Barnfield thing hasn't particularly you know the critics no, of academies are saying well yeah. we told you so do you think that, that as a concept there's, there's, there's still a good way forward I, th- I think a couple of things first of all let's remember why the, the Barnfield West uh, let me go back to Barnfield West so let's remember why it was set up mm. that school when I took it over 16% of children were getting five GCSEs with maths and English. 16! I mean, that's a national disgrace. Now 70 plus percent of those kids are well above national average. You know, and I'd be saying... 80, 90, come on, let's let's be the best. So, you know, that, that vision for raising achievement and getting rid of all the barriers of poverty and whatever it is, whatever it is, and, and saying, right, we can do it, that that is what's behind that sort of sponsored mm. academy movement. And I put my hat there any time because the local authority did not... Um, you raised attainment at that school. That school was left for years. I talked to parents and grandparents who'd said, oh, I had a terrible education mm. there. And it took a lot of convincing to get them round. The, on the sort of more technical side, with, the, with the, what I have noticed is that when something goes wrong with an academy, an academy is under quite stringent rules, charity rules. So it's not as if they're unregulated. Mm. And what I've found is where there are problems... A, they tend to be high profile, <laughs> you know, so we don't hear about a lot of problems yeah. in, in sort of council schools, you know, but it's a big national... Oh, of course, national, all attention is focused on It's a big this, national yeah. thing. But where there are problems, that I've noticed in the past couple of years, the past year or so, um, the DfE intervened very quickly. Look at Almadina up, up north, you know, they, they intervened, closed, take governance out, close it down, source out a solution. Mm. They do it quickly. Just very high profile and we hear about it. Half of our schools in Britain are academies now. It's, we, we can't really say anymore academies and, you know, academies are this little thing. Half of our schools are academies and they really are just... Um, it's like the way the NHS is run or the way a charity is run. Yeah. It's just it's just a slightly different legal... It's still public sector. But project. the overriding message for parents is... 
don't worry. The, 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 the good teachers, the good head teachers, they are still there. It's, it's kind of a managerial change that will, will not yeah, affect my, you directly. My reason for, for speaking to you today is to tell parents, I personally know the head teachers in those schools. I know the staff in those schools. I have 100% faith in them mm. that children will get a great education. And I know the Department for Education will make sure a good chief exec comes in place, governance is sorted out, and this will not happen there again. So please, parents... You know, don't don't worry. This has been sorted out. It's a shame. It's a mess. It's something that needs to be put behind, you know, the Federation. This should be that I want Barnfield, the Barnfield Academies to be a source of pride for Luton and for this area. And that's really what we what we need to see now. So. Dame Rachel D'Souza, thank you very much for coming in this morning and putting a lot of parents' minds at ease. 08459 555 BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still have that normal build-up on the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Also on the A40 London Road in High Wycombe, slow traffic there going outbound at the moment. And on the A1 in Tempsford, it's, south, it's going southbound slow, just approaching the Black Cat roundabout as people get through the roadworks there. And in Hartford, Old Cross is closed in both directions between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to emergency repairs. Also a few problems on London Midland this morning. There's a disruption between Bletchley and Milton Keynes Central due to an Operating incident with buses replacing trains between Bedford and Bletchley. Also possible delays between Cheddington and Tring due to safety checks there. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.16. It's Friday the 8th of August. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A former principal at a Barnfield Academy in Luton is backing the changes to the organisation after a critical government report. Dame Rachel D'Souza has been linked with a return to Barnfield but says she is committed to her current role in Norfolk. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their kids out of school in term time. BBC research shows over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford. And President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq but says the US will not be dragged into another war. BBC. Three Counties Radio. BBC Introducing. Rhythms of the World is one of the biggest and best music festivals the Three Counties has to offer. Well, I think it's fantastic. It's a lot bigger than I thought it would be. And tomorrow night you can hear all of the highlights from an amazing two days with BBC Introducing with performances by One Bit, Childhood, Josephine and the Artisans. BBC Introducing Rhythms of the World Highlights. It's amazing, like... It's a family festival, everyone just embraces it. Tomorrow night from 8 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. BBC Introducing. Now it's 100 years since the start of the First World War and here at the BBC Three Counties Radio radio station we're commemorating the event by looking at some of the people and places locally that played a role in what happened. On the night of September the 2nd, 1916, the first German airship to be shot down in the UK was destroyed over Cuffley in Hertfordshire. All right, guys. The SL-11 was one of 16 airships taking part in the biggest raid to date. Among the pilots scrambled to counter the attack was Lieutenant William Leif Robinson fighting with the Royal Flying Corps. He attacked the airship from beneath with machine gun fire. It burst into flames and crashed in a field behind the plough-in. Well, Tara Gungafall has, been, has gathered some eyewitness accounts. 
my elder sister and I were in bed and I remember my father coming up to our bedroom and he lifted me out and put a blanket round me and, and said, you must see this, this is something that you must see. Mother took Marjorie by the hand, we went downstairs and there was this lo- a big thing in the sky like a big silver cigar. It never made a sound. The anti-aircraft guns were firing, but they hadn't got the range at all. And I say, it's just like a long silver cigar. And my father said to me, look at that. That's my first memory, really, of the war. 102-year-old Doris Cobham was five in 1916 when on the night of September the 2nd the German airship the SL-11 flew over Hertfordshire after dropping bombs on London. Dolly Shepherd from Potter's Bar was with the Women's Emergency Corps at the time and remembered the incident clearly. It was brought down at uh, Tuffley in Potter's Bar. It was just like a silver cigar, beautiful. But when it was brought down, a blazing inferno Everyone was so excited, very, very excited, because, you see, we hadn't got anything to match it. We only had our, our pilots with their biplanes then, you see. They, were, they had to be very, very, very brave boys, they were then. Very brave. One of those very brave boys was Lieutenant William Leaf Robinson from the Royal Flying Corps. He was among the pilots scrambles to counter the attack and after shooting the airship from underneath, brought the SL-11 down, killing all 16 of the men on board. Brian Mahoney lives opposite the Coughley Memorial dedicated to Captain Leaf Robinson, who was awarded a Victoria Cross for his bravery. When we moved here back in 1970, People used to come here and look at the memorial because obviously there were people then who they remember the family talking about it coming down and seeing it. So we said if we ever couldn't pay our mortgage, we'd pull out the hedge and we could sell teeth. I mean, I say to people who you meet, they say, where do you come from? And I say, Cuffley. And they say, oh, I've never heard of that. The only thing that ever happened in Cuffley was the first enemy aircraft ever shot down over England, crashed at Cuffley, and that was it. It's part of Cuffley. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Gosh, uh, don't go to Facebook, guys. It's a dark place. It's a dark, dark place. Anyway, 08459 four double five five double five is the telephone number, should you wish to give us a call. Any of the things that it's talking about, taking time off schools, um, not using the internet. Is anyone bothered about Scotland? There's a, a letter has been signed by celebrities. Who are those celebrities? Mick Jagger, Bruce Forsyth and Helena Bonham Carter. They've signed a letter saying, Scotland, don't go! We love you, Scotland! Cliff Richard. Oh, Cliff. Eh? Cliff's involved, yep. Been reading a lot about Cliff recently. Judy Dench, Mick Jagger, yesterday joined an extraordinary list of celebrities signing a love letter to the people of Scotland, pleading with them not to break up the 300-year-old union. But the signatories were immediate, immediately bombarded with abusive remarks from supporters of independence who branded them as imperialists, ubertoffs and irrelevant. Yeah, I can, I can understand that. Simon Cowell. 
Vera Lynn. The stars immediately became the target of the so-called cybernats, or nationalist internet bullies. One wrote that Sir Bruce was nearly dead, while another said they hoped that the old bleep, Bruce Forsyth, takes a turn. Well... 08459 five is the uh, telephone number if you want to give us a call. I don't, I, I, are you bothered about... I would prefer Scotland to, um, st- um, st- to stay with us, but I'm not bothered either way, really. I'm not that fussed. It's up to them, isn't it? Emma's in Coventry. Morning, Emma. Hi, Ian. What would you like to say? Um, I want to talk about loneliness. Oh, yeah, go on. Um, it's quite hard to talk about, but... I um, I suffer from loneliness, and um, I think it's a horrible thing to go through. How does it affect you? It makes me cry, it makes me upset, it makes me shut myself away. Um, I haven't got... Um, I've got a mum and dad, but I actually live by myself. Yeah. And I've been in this place now for... Thirteen and a half years. So, do, uh, do you have any friends? I have some of my church family, but apart from that, I don't have friends elsewhere. And I just lack confidence. And do you, you speak about your church family? Do you talk to them about your loneliness? Yeah, I do. They do know I'm lonely, and... But most of them are married. Most of them have got kids. And there's not many single people. So they've got busy lives as well. So when I actually go to church on a Sunday, or when I can because I'm working on Sundays as well, when I'm working, it's horrible because I can't get to church, which means... There is another week before I can get there. What would make your life better, Emma? I think if I had friends now, and I I know that people will say, go out there and get stuff. I can't. Lots of stuff has happened to me, and I'm too scared. And it's horrible when, at night, when you're just totally on your own and all you want is someone to give you a hug. And that's sometimes what I need, but I can't have it. Just a simple thing as that. And for people to be around me. Uh, does your uh, your faith give you any... Comfort? It does. Um, And sometimes I pray, sometimes I, like, I've got to get out of this because I think mainly it's affected me since I was a kid because I didn't have friends when I was a kid. And it's affected my life, really. Mm-hmm because of bullying and stuff. And when people tell you that you're useless and you're a failure and that you're stupid, you start to believe it. Emma, I appreciate your call this morning. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. 
Oh dear. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. There's a very vivid account of how um, loneliness can affect people. Shall we have a quick look at three of the front pages of the newspapers? No, let's just have a look at one of the front pages of the newspaper, shall we? Woman Navy officer sunk by seamen. Guess which paper this is, guys? It's the Financial Times. It's the Sun. This this is quite a serious story, and the the, the Sun really have um, gone hell for leather. Na- woman Navy officer sunk by seamen. The first female captain of a Navy warship has been stripped of command over el- allegations of an affair with a fellow officer. Commander Sarah West, 41, was sacked as skipper of the frigate HMS Portland. It follows an exclusive st- Sun story revealing claims she had a relationship with her married third in command. The headline? Mm. Heave ho for Jolly Roger. Full story, page seven. Oh, oh frigate. <laughs> Is that what it says? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Exclusive, exclusive, Roger Aran out. Oh. Navy officer will never captain warship again. Oh, that's not a pun, that's a sentence, that's a descriptive sentence. Shame, she is very loud, isn't she? Yeah. All right, Paul, I'm doing this bit now. <laughs> Don't, mate, I really is not, I'm not having the best time of it, okay, so. Oh, oh, that makes two of us. Well, that might just make one of us in a minute if you don't watch it. Quite. Exactly. So yeah. can I do the story about the woman? Go ahead. Shamed skipper Sarah West. I'm not going to do it now, Paul, because you just killed the mood, mate. No, no, I didn't. I'm really sorry. We've had uh, a, a, a tweet through. Um, uh, carry on with scoins. Your show will be suffering from loneliness. That's quite good, Andy. Yeah, I saw that. Um, someone has tweeted, uh, Kate, uh, please come back. The show spirals dangerously close to chaos without you at the helm. Hashtag downhill rapidly. And he's also sent me a message saying your time is up. It can't work. And your thoughts on that? I'm starting to come round to that way of thinking. You're not the only one, Ian. All right, mate. Hello, Seriously, after the show, my office, the, the general office, I haven't got, you know what I'm saying. I'm going to talk to you. Paul, I want to... Paul? Look at me, man. I, 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 can't, I don't want to. Oh, OK, if you phone... Um, I don't want to look at you. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, still got that normal build-up, looking very heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Also on the A40 London Road in High Wycombe, coming outbound, it's still looking slow there. And on the A1 in Thamesford, southbound is slow, just approaching the Black Cat roundabout due to the roadworks that are in place there. Also some problems on London Midland trains this morning. There's a disruption between Bletchley and Milton Keynes Central due to an operating incident, and buses are replacing trains between Bedford and Bletchley. Also possible delays between between Cheddington and Tring due to safety checks. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It 
It's 8.30, I'm Simon Oxley. A former principal at a Barnfield Academy in Luton is backing the changes to the organisation after a critical government report. Dame Rachel D'Souza has been linked with a return to Barnfield but told this programme she's committed to her current role in Norfolk. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in term time. BBC Research shows over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford, over seven times as many in Milton Keynes. And President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq, but says the US will not be dragged into another war. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. England's cricketers resume on 113 for three this morning on day two of the fourth test at Old Trafford. They bowled India out yesterday for 152. The new football season kicks off tomorrow. Luton start a new football league season for the first time since 2008 with John Still's side making the long trip to Carlisle. I've been waiting for Saturday, probably after two weeks of the, the season being over and the celebrations finishing. You know, I was just worried, you know, waiting for, for, for this season. And that would have been the same if we hadn't come up. I'd been waiting for the season because that's what I do. This is the job that you do. And when you're not doing your job, you get bored. And, um, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to it. I really, really can't wait for Saturday. Also in League Two, Wickham go to Newport and Stevenage could field several new signings at home to Hartlepool. Former captain Ronnie Henry has returned from Luton, but manager Graham Westley says he may rotate the captaincy. No, I don't even know who wear the armband at the weekend. It's been handed around you in the course of pre-season. All the lads who've skippered the side have done very well. I think the leader will naturally evolve, but you know, if the players prefer to share the armband, then you know, maybe we do it that way. It's um, you know, it's not, it's no big deal. In the championship, Watford start at home to Bolton. New midfield loan signing Keith Andrews can't play against his parent club. And in League One, on loan Arsenal striker Benica Phoby and defender Carl McFadzine are set to make their MK Dons debuts as Carl Robinson's side host Gillingham. As a whole, as a football club, we're really, really maturing in the right way. Ten years on, and I think we're we're going into this tenth year anniversary with an awful lot of optimism and a lot of confidence. And, um, the unpredictability of the football season is is there for all to see, but we feel we've got enough players in this group to, to, to go and definitely compete. And there's commentary on Watford, MK Dons, Luton and Stevenage in Three Counties Sport, which returns tomorrow at two. And Lee Westwood and Rory McIlroy are among the pace setters after the first round of the USPGA, the final golf major of the season. Westwood is joint leader after a six under par 65, with McIlroy just one shot behind after a 66. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, the next full bulletin is at nine. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. Yes. BBC Three Counties Radio. Beautiful. Thank you so much, JVS. What a joy it is to see you. It's Friday. We made it to the end of another week, man. Another week? We made it to the end. Gosh. It's, it's winter, winter is drawing upon us. Winter oh, draws don't on. Don't startle that. It, well, because I get to see the changes uh, the, perhaps more evidently than everyone else, because we're driving in. Is it dark now? It's dark now. It's oh, dark now at half no. past five. No. A few weeks ago, driving in, driving up the M1, uh, it was light around about half four. Now it's still dark at half five. Oh, dear. It's so quick, the change. Do you like that? No. I, prefer, I prefer it dark, yeah. It freaked me out driving in in the morning and it's sunlight. That's not right. I've noticed it's getting darker in the evening. Yes, yeah. Very depressing. W- winter draws on? Yes. I like that. I was sitting in the garden last night having Beautiful. dinner. Half past eight, starting to get dark. Beautiful. Bring it on, baby. And there's a storm this weekend. Oh, I love it. <laughs> What's wrong I love it. You, you know I love it. I don't know how... To, I was in London yesterday. It was just so hot. And I don't know how to deal with the heat. The cold and the damp, I can deal with. I know what to do. Right. Put a jumper on. 
Right. But, but jacket. Well, why can't you just call yourself down? Just undo your, your slash your shirt open to the waist. Oh, goodness, you know I'm not that kind of guy. You know there are some perverts who work here who wear shorts to work. Have you seen that? Yes, I don't approve. Gary Floyd, to name but one. They wear short. Michael does all the the trails and the wears shorts to work. I, I do. Know. I genuinely find that offensive. Well, it's not very professional. Well, it isn't, is it? I've I've said to their face. Yeah. I think it's horrible. Why, why would oh, you go? Into, why would you go into an office wearing shorts unless you were some kind of deviant or a postman? Oh, postman or a shorts. landscape gardener? A gardener, yeah, I'll give you that. Uh, although I don't like kneeling down in mud, but a postman wearing shorts—that is messed up as well. Why? All oh, postmen wear shorts. Yeah, I know. They're the postmen are weird, aren't they? <laughs> Did I just say that on the radio? Why are postmen weird? Scoins, this is the thing. You should stop me saying stuff like that. That is your role as producer. Why are postmen weird? I'm not. Let's not go there. Scoins should have. Scoins should have stopped. You should have hit the the, the dump button there, mate. We that, don't ha- that was out of order. You were out of order. You were out of order, mate. Oh, my word. Just don't get involved. I'm not going to. Good. Probably best you don't. I'm not wearing shorts. Good. Neither is Paul Scoynes. Yeah, well... Perhaps you could come in... Oh. No. I don't think it's... It's finished now. Yeah, it's finished now. It's finished now. He comes in 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 shorts. He's going to face a tribunal. (laughs) What's on your show this morning, Jonathan? Coming up on this morning's big phone-in. Do you think we should help the Americans in Iraq... No. Next. President Obama has authorised the use of targeted airstrikes against Islamist militants in northern Iraq to prevent genocide. Today's papers are full of accounts of the growing unrest and violence in the region, detailing how thousands of Christians and other minority groups are fleeing their homes. The UN Security Council last night called on the international community to support the government in Baghdad. David Cameron says he welcomes President Obama's decision... But Downing Street has confirmed there will be no UK military action in Iraq. But should we as a country be doing more? Do you think we should help the Americans in Iraq? Why did you say no? You know, did you not know is my knee-jerk reaction? But actually, uh, I have been giving this some thought, and we're partly responsible for the mess that's over there. And Iraq was a big mistake, I think, to get involved with anyway. But we are partly responsible for the uh, the cock up there. Well, if we are responsible, then does that mean that we should yeah, be helping? We probably do have a responsibility. I mean, when you just look at all the people who are having to flee their homes and the the what seems to be beginning over there. Mm. Um, can we just stand by? Do we not have a moral duty to try to do something to help different minority groups over there, Christian groups that are fleeing for their lives? Do we not need to do something to help? Or can we all just quietly turn a blind eye and say, oh, nothing to do with us? We're turning a blind problem. eye to other parts of the world. Well, yeah, but is that right as well? It's the world is such a mess, isn't it? It, is, it really is yeah, a At mess. the moment, it's horrible. Well, this morning, I want your views on this. Do you think we should help the Americans in Iraq? The Americans are asking for help. They've said that they're hoping that uh, their friends around the world will come out and give them some support. Well, mm. Do you think we should support them? Your view, please, from nine on this on 08459 455 555. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the telephone number. Let's get to the phones, Paul. We just sent someone an email to you, but I was just... Let's go to the phone, Scoins. Let's get some phone calls up, dude. Let's get some phone calls. Well, yeah. then, exactly. People have been phoning in. I've seen them phoning in on my screen. Why aren't they racked up? Okay, what's the surname? <laughs> I don't know what... What? Yeah. Why are they not racked up? 
You knew that Jonathan was going to finish then. Mm-hmm. So, what? What have you got? What have you got lined up for me now? We've got the travel. <laughs> That's in eight minutes. There's seven minutes time. That's a banker. We've got that. That's in the... That's oh, there. you can't... Then you've got weather coming up after that. We've got a bit of Justin with the uh, spiders, final thing, and then... You're the producer. The produce. Produce. End of the Produce. Um, produce the show. Where is the content? There, where are the phone calls? I have put out um, topics about um, well, woman Navy officer sunk by seamen. Absolutely. I've put out uh, the internet. We've talked about loneliness. We've you'd, talked about. You'd oh. think they'd be coming in their droves, wouldn't you, Ian? People you'd have been phoning in. I'm going I've, crazy. I've well. <laughs> there is a uh, there is an atmosphere that has pervaded the last couple of days of the show, which I don't think is conducive to people phoning in. I asked you to put on Facebook yep. the question, "What should we put on Facebook?" Well, you did it. not. Yeah, I know Scoins. Yeah. You did no, not just, put that on. Didn't put it on. And that wasn't even a request. That was a, that was an order. You don't make those sorts of orders, <laughs> mate. I do. It's not the army. You'd probably like it if it was the army, wouldn't you? Don't, what does that Ellis. mean? What does that mean? You know exactly what that means. Having to... Having to polish your shoes. It's a euphemism. For what? Ellis, don't laugh, mate. Seriously, I know... Huh? I've got lots of comments from Facebook about the computers that you put out in the first hour. All right, let's read some comments from Facebook. Yeah. Always always great content when when someone with a dour voice reads comments from Facebook. Away you go, mate. No, no, I'm not reading it. I'm not reading it. Well, you're, it's your job to read it. Mate, are you telling me what my job is now? Yeah, that's my job. All right, I tell you what, why don't you tell me, why don't you tell me what my job is? Who was that on the phone? another producer probably backing me up I would probably say. another producer probably uh, uh, saying is that job going to be vacant next week because you don't know you know what it could be that's probably not it's probably not true is that what she's it? saying no it's not what she's saying it's probably something and not being funny ellis do you know what i can get you back on travel like that <laughs> right so you can't you can't right <laughs> You can't. I mean, statistics. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. We'll just do the front pages of the papers if the team can't. Where are the rest of the papers? Where are the rest of the papers, guys? I've got four papers here. Two of them are expresses. Alice has left them over there. That was you. No, it wasn't. Oh, it actually probably was. This is going swimmingly. Yeah, mate, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you, Alice. Yeah, I know that, but you, you, you could have, you muffed it up. Front pages of the papers. The Guardian. There's a man flying on the front page. Look at that, there's a man flying on the front page. And he's jumping. Yeah, he's jumping. It's, 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 yeah. <clears throat> I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much. Oh, no, oh, no. He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe. Oh, gee, oh, gee. He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee. Oh, fiddle, oh, fiddle. He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle. Oh, heck. He's up to my neck, he's up to my neck. Oh, dread, oh, dread, he 
Why are you playing music? We're not in the uh, music hour of the programme. It's a little buffer. Core content. It's a little buffer to try and lighten the mood. Well. So trying to lighten the mood. Don't. Oh, Don't. Me. I've, do you know what? Can I say something? <laughs> now? Yeah. Are you serious? I'm going to do it now. Are you sure you want to do this now? Fine, say it, go on. What well, you be? seem perfectly happy to just splurge it out on air anyway. I have worked really hard, actually. And all I've got is abuse from you. Oh, yeah, funny. Let's put an echo on. It's really... Oh, Scoins has fallen down a hole. Hang on, let me, let me help get you out of the hole. Give me a hand. I'm not touching you. There you go, I pulled you, I pulled you out of the yeah. hole. Yeah, all right. Don't Seriously, fall down it again. This, uh, I, I was asked... Oh, funny. Yeah, OK, this is fine. He's, he's, he's come, come out of a hole and now he's running into a cave. I was asked to come in and help at very short notice. Come okay. out of the cave and I'll talk to you. Oh, OK, whatever. Basically... He's out of the cave, good. Go on. Do you know, this isn't working for me. Have you got your phone on? Yeah. Ellis, please, mate, seriously, just don't get involved. I'm... Right. Do you know what? What? I'm not doing this. OK, fine, well, we'll get someone else next fine. week. No, good, do it. No, you can't do it now. I'm No, I'm going now. Look after it, don't put anything... You're actually going to walk out now. Do you know what? <laughs> yeah, fine. You've ruined this. Ruined that. You've ruined this. And oh, I mate, was go, taken yeah, seriously uh, before this. I was taken seriously. All right, People mate, go, to, go on, go on. Interviewed the prime minister. Go and go and do the Black and Asian show. Go on. Bye bye, bye bye, bye bye. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. I'm being swallowed by a boa constrictor. And I don't like it very much Oh no, oh no He swallowed my toe, he swallowed my toe Oh gee, oh gee He's up to my knee, he's up to my knee Oh fiddle, oh fiddle He's reached my middle, he's reached my middle Oh heck, oh heck He's up to my neck, he's up to my neck Oh dread, oh dread He swallowed my... Kelly's on the line, morning Kelly Good morning Kelly, what would you like to say my dear? I actually really enjoyed the show this morning. Have you? <laughs> yeah, I love your banter with Paul. I think he should come back. Well, do you know what? I think he should be professional and finish off the show, but he, like, like, like Scoins, he doesn't finish off anything these days. Oh, well, I really, honestly, I really enjoyed the show. You've made me smile oh, on mate, my that's, way to work. That's so kind, Kelly, because there's a bit of a dark shadow over it today, but I really appreciate your, your, your words. Thank you so much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Kelly. 8.45. Um, travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, it's still looking heavy at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And on the Aloft 40 London Road in High Wycombe, coming outbound, that's still looking slow as well. In Hartford, Old Cross is closed in both directions between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to emergency repairs. Also, a few problems on London Midland this morning. There's a disruption between Bletchley and Milton Keynes Central due to an operating incident. Buses are replacing trains between Bedford and Bletchley and normal service is expected to resume at around 9 o'clock. Also, possible delays between Cheddington and Tring due to safety checks. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.46, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. A former principal at a Barnfield Academy in Luton is backing the changes to the organisation after a critical government report. Dame Rachel D'Souza has been linked with a return to Barnfield but says she is committed to her current role in Norfolk. There's been a sharp rise in the number of fines issued to parents for taking their children out of school in term time. BBC Research shows over ten times as many fines were issued in Bedford and over seven times as many in Milton Keynes. And President Obama has authorised airstrikes against jihadist militants in northern Iraq. Let's get the weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. No no weather, Ellis. Didn't fancy doing the weather. Every weekday morning from nine, Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Lots to discuss. Do you agree with her? Do you think she speaks a lot of sense? With the biggest questions. Should Muslim women be allowed to wear the veil in court? And is it fair to only give people this kind of benefit for three months? And the biggest opinions. I'd like to hear from you. I feel strongly because... Children should be taught in a structured way. You know, there's nothing better in life than real-life experience. Don't need to catch neither. Excuse me, I'm talking, sorry. There's two words here. Common sense. One way, pet hate... I feel really strongly about it. We're talking about that. I agree with you. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. Right, this is uh, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's hope we can uh, get uh, Justin Dealey up and our uh, next expert as well, please. Ellis, if we could get Dealey up, that would be fantastic, guys. Ellis, that would be great. Thank you very much. Uh, Indeed. Apologies, the show's a little bit ramshackle, and that's absolutely fine. Normal service will resume on Monday. I'm sure we can sort that out. Won't be a problem uh, in the slightest. Right. Let's uh, have a little look at some of your Facebook comments, shall we? While we're oh, we're doing something a little bit different at the end of the show. Stay tuned. There's something a little bit uh, different coming on. Um, Nettie on the in- uh, talking about the internet. I know a few people who don't use the internet. Not bothered. No interest. They can't due to eyesight, and they can't afford to. Okay. Well, that's that. Daily, do you want to come in and we'll uh, we'll do this in here? Come in and we'll do this in here. So you're walking around. A man from uh, Sandy is... Com- you all right? You okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Okay. man from Sandy is convinced that one of his bins... You just sit down and use the green mic. Yeah. Contains at least 12 different species of baby... Species of baby spider, including a white widow. Peter Rigby says that recent weather conditions have created the perfect environment for the spiders to incubate. Well, Justin has been to see these spiders. What did you make of it, Just? Um, it's an interesting, interesting morning. I think better than this personally, but there you go. Um, yeah, so Peter came on the programme, what, a couple of days ago, claiming that he had all these spiders in his home. Um, I arrived early this morning as planned. Uh, a bit earlier than, than planned. Well, five minutes earlier than planned. Um, Peter's home was, was, was like a prison. It took him a good ten minutes to open the front door. 
And I think this pretty much sets the scene for the morning. When he opened the door, he had a pirate's hat on, and this is what he said to me, Ian. Why? Why do, you, why do why are pirates called pirates? I've got no idea. Because they are! <laughs> Your oh. neighbours must love you. Uh, now, what a great character. Yeah, great character. Brilliant. Um, what as fun. you know, I'm a news journalist, Ian. <laughs> so, um... So... Yeah, mate, you deal in fact, not fiction. Yeah, th- th- this is not my normal story. <laughs> He's journalist. Yes, I mean, yesterday morning, okay. Boris Johnson, big talking point. So I think that sets the scene. Yep. Uh, Peter then took me into his back garden to show me, you know, this white widow we- we'd been talking yes, about? Yes, I do. Uh, yeah, um, oh. this is uh, what happened. It's in here. It's in this one. She'll be over here somewhere. Little web. This yeah, is just one. In the bin. Yeah. Uh, it, it will be there. It is there. She is there. Um, let's have a look. See. <laughs> let's see. Here she. Oh wait a minute. Oh, wait a minute. There. Uh, That's not a spider. There is. Spi- That's somebody's food waste. <laughs> no, it isn't. There. No, there are spiders here, but I haven't got my spectacles on. I went. I come straight out of the bath. Look. No, that's a poor old thing. It's going to be eaten anyway. It's an earwig. I know, it's going to be eaten by... Not a spider. No, no, there are spiders here that eat earwigs all the time that, for breakfast, you know. A little bit disappointed with the tone of your voice there, Jasper. Yes, uh, slightly disappointing. Uh, all these spiders that we've been promised. Um, well, then, on the way back into Peter's flat, yeah. um, there was apparently a big black widow above the communal door... Clutching at straws, Ian, this is what happened. It's eating another spider almost its own size. Mm. It's packaged it mm. up. There's a Fulcus spider there. Now, that's okay. the most poisonous in the world. Mm. They eat spiders, mm. and even it doesn't dare yeah. go. Now, look. If you do that I'm to any other spider, they yeah. go. Yeah. This one knows, stay off, I bite you, and Except- I am extremely deadly. Beware! Okay, I'm... Um, you know Shelob? Yeah. This is Shelob Mark 10. Shelob in The Lord of the Rings, she was a pussycat by mm, comparison mm, with this mm. one. This one's been here for days, and it doesn't even bother when okay, you go... You're, you're now putting your hand towards it, you're clicking at it, you're, you're blowing it. Why are you blowing that spider if it's deadly? To show you just how how she couldn't give a damn okay. that she's Can got I go now, Peter? glowering Peter, at her. Peter, Peter, I'm going to go. Okay, we're, we're going to leave this to the experts. To be quite honest with okay. you, I'm, I'm utterly terrified. Uh, not the spiders, <laughs> but of you. I'm now going to go. Thank you very much, Neef, for your time, have Peter. You insurance. Um, I hope you have, because yeah, yeah, there yeah. are lots more to come. Lovely to meet you, Peter. Take care. Okay. Okay. Well, it's good to see you, and do come back again, but... Mm. Give me yeah. ring before you come so yeah. that I can make sure I'm out of the bar. That old okay. chestnuts, those old chestnuts. Justin, stay there. We're joined by Ross Hickles. Morning, Ross. Morning. You are, you are a keeper of reptiles. I believe you've seen the photographs of these spiders, have you? Uh, yes, I have seen it. And what do you make of it? Um, it's just a common house spider by the looks of it. It's just uh, <laughs> the reason it's a lot whiter in coloration is it's eating a moth. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so hang on <laughs> he claimed it was the most deadly spider in the world oh. and it was above a flat door in sandy in bedford but you do get deadly spiders in this country don't you ross um you can get a few but nothing that's really going to hurt anyone right so it's not a white widow there's 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 nothing to be afraid of or anything like that no not at all it's just a common house spider I'm a little bit embarrassed that we've got we've got the, the reptile keeper, one of the reptile keepers from Paradise Wildlife Park. We've got you on the line, and it's it's just a spider that you've been sent. I feel a little bit embarrassed. 
Well, they are quite like quite nice sized spider. It's a, but, it's um, a big. They're, they're not uh, aggressive or anything. Can, can you can you pick up spiders, Ross? You, I'm, I'm imagining you're okay with them. Yeah, yeah, I'm fine with them. Even the big black hairy ones. I, I prefer the bigger ones. <sighs> I, flip, I hate them, man. How do you do it? Uh, well, I, to be honest, I've always been around them, so I don't know any different. Peter. Yes. It, you, a, an expert has told us it's just a normal house spider, mate. Ah, You've wasted that's the BBC's very reassuring. Time. That's very reassuring because if you come back, I will show you Wait, some no. very the others that my colleague and he is an expert. He's spent mm. time in South America, Central America, North America um, among black widows and tarantulas, red knees, mm, and right. all the others, um, and brown spiders. Which if they bite you, you rot. Is that true, uh, Ross? If a brown spider? No, no, that isn't. No, no, no. no. It's very reassuring it? because oh. we didn't have any very strong light to photograph it. He has photographs of the other spiders on his camera, and he's very slow in uptake. Okay, well, listen, R- Ross. I uh, appreciate your time, Ross Hickles, uh, uh, reptile key- uh, keeper there, um, uh, Peter. Um, not job. Thank you. Just maybe we could send you back to Peter next week. I'm better than this, boss. No, come on, mate. Come on. You've, no, you come on. You're the no, fellow. No, no, no. You come on. Come on. Come on. You're the fella that goes and speaks to a bloke on an intercom. <laughs> a bit funny, with the greatest respect, you're kind of like the, the show's jester. No. Wherever there's something topical happening, where, where, where there's something that people care about, I'm there. Come on. This was your idea. You've stitched me up. I'm better than this. Are you serious? Have a good weekend, all right? Are you serious, mate? Yeah, because... You, you know your role. Oh, you're having a laugh, not you. You, you know your role. You know your role. Right, do you know what, Just... I don't want you working on my show. Yeah, all right. Is he serious? He's not coming back. He's serious, isn't he? Right, let's get the travel news. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the North Orbital Road at Bricketwood, still got that normal build-up at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. And on the A40 London Road in High Wycombe, coming outbound, it's still looking slow. In Hartford, Old Cross is closed in both directions, between Hartham Lane and St Andrew Street due to emergency repairs. Also, a few problems on the trains this morning. On London Midland, there's a disruption between Bletchley and Milton Keynes Central due to an operating incident, with buses replacing trains between Bedford and Bletchley, although normal service is expected to resume at around 9 o'clock. Also possible delays between Cheddington and Tring due to safety checks. Also affecting southern services as well. 20-minute delays between Milton Keynes Central and Watford Junction due to those safety checks. Emma Jones, BBC Three Counties Radio. Emma, thank you very much. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Right. Slightly different. Winifred Robinson now presents a Gaza crisis appeal on behalf of the DEC, the Disasters Emergency Committee. Over the past month, the developing crisis in Gaza has captured the world's attention. Military action has taken a heavy toll on a densely populated area. Homes have been damaged or destroyed. So tens of thousands of people in Gaza have nowhere to live and nowhere else to go. The upheaval means that the people of Gaza are in great need. The DEC estimates that more than a million people don't have access to enough clean water. 
Nearly 1,900 people have died there in the past month, more than 400 of them children. Thousands of exhausted refugees are living in temporary shelters without privacy and dignity and in overcrowded and unhygienic conditions. Thousands of families face an uncertain future. With much of Gaza's infrastructure destroyed and access to water, sanitation and medication now severely limited, these people desperately need your help. That's why the Disasters Emergency Committee, or DEC, an umbrella organisation that unites 13 UK humanitarian aid agencies, has launched an emergency appeal to get help to the people who need it. DEC members and their partners are already on the ground and doing what they can, but to help the vast numbers of people affected, they need your support. Families are grieving over the many dead. Thousands of people have been injured. Getting urgently needed medical attention is a high priority. But following weeks of bombardment, already overstretched medical services are at breaking point. Help from outside is required right now to help the sick and injured and to bring relief to the displaced. Delivering humanitarian aid in areas of conflict is difficult, but the member agencies of the DEC work with experienced local partners to ensure that aid reaches those who so desperately need it. £25 can buy 150 bandages. £50 can feed five families for a day. £100 can provide an emergency shelter kit and blankets for one family. This is an urgent humanitarian crisis. Please help if you can. You can give online at dc.org.uk or you can call 0370 60 60 900 or you can write a cheque made payable to DEC Gaza Crisis Appeal and post it to DEC Gaza Crisis Appeal, PO Box 999, London EC3A 3AA. That's PO Box 999, London EC3A 3AA. Thank you. That number again, uh, 0370 Standard geographic charges from landlines and mobiles will apply. You're listening to BBC Three Counties Radio. It's approaching nine o'clock. Here's the news with Simon Oxley. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three 